You know, I started this podcast on Bears Country Podcast. I started my own channel, Bears Country Podcast, on July 25th, almost three months ago to the day. And a little, just about a month later, Aldo asked me to do my podcast from the Barroom Network. And I was completely honored. The one thing that I didn't think of was the Bears being three and nine at this point in the season. I thought they were going to be 11 and six. I thought this would be so amazing to talk about the Bears when they're nine and three. And here we are, three and nine. And, uh, you know, I think it just uh, it just makes me want to not do this anymore. So this is going to be my last show in the barroom, and I'm going to quit Bears Country Podcast as well. Um, psych! You know, isn't that how you feel, right? Sometimes as a Bears fan, you think, ah, I just want to pack all this shit in. It's like, what, what am I doing this for? We're fucking three and nine right now. Why are we three and nine? I thought we were going to be 11 and six. We should have been nine and three at this point. But that's what it is being a fan, isn't it? There's ups and downs. There's trials and tribulations. And I am still honored to be doing this right now on the Barroom Network. And I'm still honored to have the subscribers that I do to my channel, Bears Country Podcast. Therefore, I I refuse to take that, you know, mind frame that we're going to, you know, always suck and there's nothing to look forward to because there is. This is a, a, a listen, I predicted 11 and 6. I was a super fan in that. I was a homer. But that was just me finding all of the reasons how I thought we could be that way. And the reasons that we're not 11 and six right now, the reasons that we're three and nine, uh, those are the reasons that everybody else saw. And it still is a bright spot for the future for this team. I mean, we have, we're looking at a high draft pick. We could be trading down and getting more draft picks as Ryan Poles seems to like to work as we have noticed from one draft if he can if he can take an entire draft and turn that into 15 or 18 picks wouldn't that be more spectacular so i mean there's a lot to look forward to i know that it's, it's been a lot of losses in a row and it's hard to come out here and sit and talk bears it's hard for me sometimes even come out here and do this because I know we're all feeling like shit right now. We're all down in the dumps that this team is three and nine. But come on, who else besides me and Dan, a couple other people, Nomad, thought that this team would be any less than 11 and six or any more than what they are now? Most people thought they would be exactly where they are. So with that being said, let's try to find the positives in this. Let's have some fun tonight. We do have a trivia question that we want to pass around to see if you guys can get this answer. We're going to have some fucking fun tonight because we're three and nine, baby. Let's look forward to the future. Kitty, let's kick the shit off. Bears country. Where is it? It's in your man cave. Your home. 
your car. Your local bar. Your city. State. It's across the world. It's in your heart. And it's here. The Bears Country Podcast. This 3-9 and nine season doesn't quite feel like a normal 3-9 and nine season. Uh, most of the season, it has felt like we have won the games that we lost. Kitty, please bring in Cliff and Chris, because we're just going to blast everybody in here tonight. We have Dan Aguirre, we have Chris Watts from across the pond, and we have Cliff Victoria. Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. Guys, let's go around the clock here. We'll start with you, Cliff, then after you, Chris, then you, Dan. Guys, how bad does three and nine feel to you right now? Can you guys hear Cliff? I think Cliff's on mute. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're on mute, Cliff. All right, I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's get to it. Yeah, How bad does three and nine feel to you, Cliff? One, one mistake for Cliff so far. Hopefully, not more. <laughs> Legal <laughs> procedure, five yard penalty. <laughs> All right, before we start, I want to say hi to you guys and also to everybody out there. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you, All Cliff. Right. Uh, you too. I hope everyone, everyone in chat, you, Dan, I know you don't celebrate it, Chris, but. Uh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving of the past, everyone. Hope it was a great day. So getting on to three and nine, I've been saying for quite some time that this is not a season where the Bears are going to make the playoffs and that what we really need to all look towards is next year because I think 2023 is going to be special. So as we were saying just uh, right before the show, my subconscious is not bothering me with these losses, so I must have convinced it that – Next year is the year, and this year it's actually more in the Bears' favor to lose every single remaining game. It is. Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very much similar to what, to what Cliff said, really, but it, it re- it's just more out of frustration rather than – I mean, I knew, I knew we were going we to lose a lot this year, but it, you know, it just it's starting to get like a bit of a grind and how we've lost, we've, you know, we've been so close in all the games apart from the, the game yesterday. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's just took a big gamble, hasn't he? Uh, the GM polls, really. He's, he's really gambled on, you know, doing what he's done this year to get to, get to you know, the extra draft picks and, and the, the big cap space for next year. So it's like Cliff said, hopefully next year it'll all come together. And uh, you know, twenty two thousand twenty three and twenty four, you know, we should be we should we should be talking playoffs at least. Yeah, I agree. How, well, how do you? I mean, how do you feel, Dan? I'm going to say something positive, and then I'll tell you how I feel. Yes, good. You geez. mentioned the podcast was created on July twenty fifth. That's Walter Payton's birthday. I know. So maybe that means something, some kind of weird coincidence. Uh, the be. game. I'm on the Barroom Network after a month of doing it, so it must be. The game yesterday was uh, a debacle. Yeah. 
I haven't felt so cavalier watching a second half or apathetic. And I always mention this guy because it was like the, the lowest of the lows for my fandom since the second half of 98, when they're like, Eric Kramer will miss the rest of the year. And Steve Stenstrom as our starter. That's what I felt like I was watching yesterday. It's like, I was watching it, but I just didn't give a fuck. Maybe I'll feel better, especially where it's green Bay Sunday and maybe fields will be playing. I don't know. But yesterday, I mean, it felt good. We're up 10, 10, seven, whatever. But the second half I was watching it and it was just like, I don't care. Fuck it. I just, three and out, three and out, I just three don't and care. Out. I, I, I mean, and I hate feeling that way. I, I don't like feeling apathetic about anything I'm passionate toward, but yesterday was tough. Not just because they lost just the manner. And the right. la- last thing I'll say is I want to hog up all the time. If David Montgomery's running the ball well, and he seemed to be, then why do you go three or four straight possessions without giving the man a fucking carry? If you got a quarterback who's hurt in practice, no less in the beginning of the game and warmups, I mean, how do you get hurt in fucking warmups? But okay, he got hurt in the warmups, and then thankfully he didn't start the the scrub. Uh, but okay, because Simeon's okay, you know. But yeah. if he's if he's ailing, then what can alleviate that 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 feeling of you know getting hit every play when you're sore? Well, hand it off to your fucking stud running back, mm-hmm. I, and they I get was- away from it too soon. I know they do. I was terrified when they said that Nathan Peterman was starting the game. I was like, oh, "Oh my God, here we go. Three interceptions. (laughs) Just off the bat, just three interceptions. Just mark it up. He's one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Going back to his days with the Bills. Scouting him in college, I was like, no, please, no. And uh, Uh, but He he, he, was for 300 yards yesterday, though. They had that scrub from the Jets. I mean – how you let this guy, who no one's ever heard of, get all of the... I mean, what was he, like 22 of 29? Like, somebody hit this guy. Somebody blitz him, hit him, put him on the fucking ground. Oh, they the Jets Jet fans, they've heard all about White. They know <laughs> who he is. Starts and he'll probably be out of the league in two years. But, <laughs> but then again, maybe he's the next, you know, Kurt Warner or Tom Brady. I, I can't say, but he seemed like a bum yesterday that should have just been hit. And then we would have seen his completion percentage uh, drastically uh, be diminished right. if you got some pressure on him. It's just amazing how they just stand back there, m- fail to make any adjustments, and allow these horrible quarterbacks just to rip them apart. If Peterman were playing with the Jets yesterday, he would have thrown for 300 yards. Well, this, this isn't White's first game of doing this. I think he had 400 mm. yards in a previous game when he stepped in. So I'll bet I'll bet there's quite a quarterback controversy going on in uh in the other two games right he had a rating of like five though. <laughs> yeah, there sure is a quarterback controversy going on there, especially after what uh Zach Wilson said about last week's loss. Uh, <laughs> was did you have anything to do with her? And he, he was like, No, or something like that. Do, do you take any accountability? He was like, No. So, you know, a, a prick like that's not gonna get anywhere in the NFL with his with his teammates. And that kid, you know, for being such a high draft pick, I mean, them for them to just bench him like that in favor of White says a lot. So that's exactly why, if I can speak again, so I don't mean to hog up all the time, but that's exactly why I'm not happy about, oh, well, the Bears are going to have a high draft pick. Oh, the Bears, they're, like I've said before, there's no certainty that they're going to get it right. Just look at Zach Wilson. Right. And look at all, like I've mentioned last week, all the failed Bears draft picks. There's no guarantee that all this losing means 
amounts to something positive next season. And the certitude that everyone has with that is is really like it's like haven't you watched football before? Like, where are you getting this confidence from? Well, but, typically, if you look at the stats in history, the best round to draft in is like the second round. The first round has more busts than hits for sure. So you're right, Dan. Well, we'll not guaranteed to, anything. We'll have to see what happens in the draft. As we get to the end of Cliff Notes, I'm going to bring on a new segment where each week I'm going to try to mention a couple of players that are hopefully going to be available in free agency and also available in the draft. So over the next few weeks, even if the Bears are losing, maybe we can end Cliff Notes with a little bit of hope. Yeah, we're going to have to end it with some hope. I mean, come on. We can't all be poo-poo on everything. How do you feel? Yeah. Go, it's your turn to talk, Chris. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry Mr. Shirley. I mean, I mean, the thing, the thing I'm thinking is that the polls and the management of, of the, the they're making a massive gamble, aren't they? Really, because you know we got rid of all the star players on defense, and it's just like how Dan mentioned, they are gambling on on this draft next year and the cap space, and it's. It's a heck of a gamble, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Because yeah, it you're is. not guaranteed that a high, like a high draft pick is actually going to work out. Plenty, plenty dirt. So um, I think really, you know, by, by by next year's draft, that's when we'll really get an idea if, if polls and the management are actually any good. Because they are, take, they are sort of taking a big gamble in my eyes how, how they've, you know, done things this year so far. And, and these things did need to be doing. But, you know, it is, it is quite a gamble, which, you know, it's like all or nothing for next year. Uh, like, you know, what, and, what, and it feels like this year has just been that the foundation for what they want to do for the next couple of years, really. I like what you're saying, Chris. The Packers drafted two defensive studs from Georgia last year, and they're four and seven now, too. Or they're, mm-hmm. They have, this, you know, almost the same record as us. So, you know, it, you're never – you're right. You're not guaranteed that Jalen Carter is going to be a superstar in the NFL if you're going to draft in that defensive tackle with the fifth pick. However, you know, to what you're also to what you're saying is, you know, they did, they went all, they pushed all their fucking chips into 2022, didn't they? Mm. And me being the ultimate optimist, I didn't think that that's what they were doing. But now you're starting to kind of see that, yeah, they're pushing all their chips into 2023. If mm. they can if they can land a high pick, maybe they can trade that. Maybe it's, I mean, if, if it's the second pick, somebody might want that quarterback that's there or that, I mean, there's some talk of, you know, how, do, how does Will Anderson fit in the defensive scheme of the Bears? He, he's a stud from Alabama, but is he, is he more of like a Khalil Mack type outside linebacker or is he a Khalil Mack type defensive end when he played for the Raiders? You know, it, it, to me, he seems more of like an outside linebacker. So maybe somebody really wants that guy at three or four, and you're able to trade down to seven or eight and get another pick in the first round. And then you can get like a Jalen Carter with the you know, seventh pick and maybe a wide receiver or something with the, the second pick in the first round, depending on what the trade scenario is. There's so many things that can happen moving forward into 2023 with what this regime has set up. And it, it, it has been a painful year so far, but like we said, there's been a lot to build on. And I, I think that I'm just, I'm not to look too forward into the future, but this is going to be an exciting draft for us. You can add yeah. wide receiver to the needs because mm-hmm. of Darnell Mooney's knee injury yesterday. I bet you that precludes him from getting a big contract. 
Was it a knee? I thought it was an ankle. It looked bad to me. I don't want to miss it. Like if, if I'm wrong on the assessment, I thought it was a knee. Okay, let's assume it's an ankle. Either way, he's out for the season, and uh, he hasn't been that you know that playmaker that we yards. wanted this season anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's just allowed to walk after next season and not given a new contract. I think the Bears may try to sign him for a reasonable price. You know, he's not going to command anything like top 10 wide receiver money, uh, especially after getting hurt after a mediocre season. So it's in the Bears' interest to have a WR2 or a couple of WR2s. So if they can get him for the right price, you know, go ahead and uh, sign him. And if they can't, then go elsewhere. The only thing positive about him being hurt is that this will give Nikhil Harry, uh, again, another opportunity to show. Because I thought he was doing well. And then suddenly he's been a healthy scratch over and over and over. And of course, I didn't want to see Mooney hurt. It's terrible. I I, I wish him well. Uh, but uh, you know, if you use Lovey's mantra of constantly saying "next man up," then I'd like to see number eight get some playing time now. Chris, no, I mean I agree with what the boys have been saying. Really, it's just I don't know. It's just really frustrating, isn't it? Really, I mean it's just so. Uh, Sad that we're talking about the draft and we're only just over halfway through the season. <laughs> you know, Shit. you know, there's still there's still six or seven games left, and uh, you know, I did, I knew we were going to struggle this year, but I just didn't think we were going to be this bad. But in ways, the ways that we lost that, you know, the games that we have sort of lost, we have been really close, and it just shows that we just need that extra bit of talent and quality in the playing the playing staff to get them wins really. But the main thing what scared me yesterday is that it just shows you how much Justin Fields has been carrying that offense. Because, you know, we were scoring, what, nearly 30 points a game when Justin were playing? And then when he played, that offense just looked, you know, anemic. It just looked uh, no ideas, you know. Uh, you know, it was just sort of like vanilla. So, um, you know, that was, that was like quite an eye-opener, really, because I thought Trevor Simeon, I mean, I know he's a backup, but I mean, I thought it'd be, I mean, he played all right in the first the first half. But um, yeah, that's what scares me, sort of how much, how reliant that offense has got on Justin Fields' legs. To be honest, I I... go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say quickly, I didn't know if anybody else saw this or noticed. It was, uh, Moose Johnston goes, it's the third. It's the first time this season the Bears have had the same offensive line combination for three straight games, and it showed, you know, our our right tackle and our right guard, and neither one of them were actually on the field matching the lineup because they had Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum in, as opposed to what the lineup was saying. Uh, it's just amazing. And then as soon as Borum gets in there, of course he's allowing pressures. I mean, how you keep playing this bomb, I'll never know. But it's funny that Fox said that they weren't like Riley or Reef was supposed to be playing and Riley Reef. Yeah. I'm sorry, I always <laughs> fuck his name up, but uh, nevertheless, uh, he wasn't even playing and he's he's like talking about how the guy's playing shitty. It was the wrong guy. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, they had they had the wrong pictures up, period, you know. Right. It reminds me of Stephen A. Smith talking about a player. Oh, he, he's been playing like shit all season, blah blah blah. And the guy had never even played all year because he had a torn ACL. It was like game six into the into the like I think it was two seasons ago. Stephen A. Smith was talking shit about so and so player on so and so team has been playing like shit because of this and this and that, and he hadn't played a single goddamn game all year because he had a, a torn ACL. It's like, the eight <laughs> shit straight, man. 
Uh, and he ate his asshole. It's bad yeah, it's enough to mess mess up on the podcast, but yeah. imagine messing up in front of national TV or uh, you know yeah. uh, big city TV. That's worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, a bit of a... Yesterday they also called Roquan Smith Roquan Williams, uh, whatever the the play by play guy's name is. I know he's he does their baseball games now. The Bucks gone too. But yeah, he was like, yeah, Robert Quinn was traded, and so was Roquan Roquan Williams. I was like, who the fuck is Roquan Williams? But anyway, I remember him saying that too. Yes, you're right. God. <laughs> oh man. I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, I'm sorry, was, that's on me. No, it's okay. I was talking about. Uh, uh, oh, fuck, I don't remember what it was, but um, it was well, a you good wanna, point to, to what you were. You want to jump Chris. right into Cliff Notes, get it out of the way, and then we can yeah, continue this. Yeah, the Cliff Notes are shorter this time. Mm-hmm. Let's pull up the. Oh wait, let's pull up the clip. The Cliff Notes, Kitty. All right, where's my intro? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, where the fuck is his intro? Get Hit pull me this with the down. intro, kitty. Pull this down. <laughs> job. Good job, kitty. All right. Go ahead, Cliff. All right, here we go. As mentioned, these clip notes are going to be a little bit shorter because none of us wants to really go over in detail a game like the one we just saw. All right, let's start a week before the game when Justin Fields came on to his press conference, sitting there with his shoulder lean, talking about how he's feeling. And at that point, I knew he wasn't going to play this week. And then Eberflus all week. Oh, well, he's day-to-day. If everything goes right, he's going to be out there. He's going to be playing. You know, Eberflus just loves to keep whoever's playing secret. Isn't that much of an advantage to hide who's going to be playing. I could see maybe with a quarterback or so, but, you know, every time with every player, you know, would, would you guys be concentrating as much on keeping that secret? Well, if I may just interject on Greg Gabriel today on the Byram Network, Greg said that someone kept calling him from the Jets and, and asking him, is Justin Fields playing today? Or no, he was texting him. And he was like, he didn't answer him. Or not today, but is Justin Fields playing this this weekend and he didn't answer him and like a day later he asked him again is justin fields playing this sunday and he didn't answer he's like why would i give him that information like i don't know like even if i did why would i tell you so he mentioned how that you know even to the fact like we're you know people on a team are uh they're texting previous you know team members that aren't even in the game anymore and trying to get information from them just to find out if that player is going to be in the game. So I think to answer your question, Cliff, I think it does give the advantage to Eberflus to not put that information out there again. In fact, I think he might be doing it again this week when you saw him in the press conference mm-hmm. talking about just, you know, Justin Fields is day to day still. It, it could be playing into again, the next, this, pre- this next weekend, and he might not play at all. It probably it might be just be sitting again. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it is, it is it does work in their favor. No, 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 no. go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you, Mr. Shorty. Really, it's just uh, it's a bit of gamesmanship. Not, I mean, not obviously as well because Justin Field and uh, Trevor Simeon are such different style quarterbacks as well. But it, 
that you know it would make a massive difference. It does make right. a massive difference who's playing, and if the Jets wanted to find out if we were playing, then they'd be able to, you know put their defense in a certain way because they know they're going to run just well. They'll be, be thinking, well, they're going to run Justin Fields a lot like they have been doing for the uh, the last month. So I can see the competitive advantage of doing it, and, and you're right as well, uh, Mr. Short. He was doing it today. I saw, I saw like the last part of the press conference, and uh, you've been asking him, going, "Oh yeah, it's just day by day." You know what I mean, and and all this sort of thing. Which, which you know, I understand him doing it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the journalists keep asking him the same question. He just gives them the same answer. Oh well, yeah, we'll let you know, you know, by Wednesday when we got to tell you and and whatever. But I can I can exactly. definitely see the advantage when it comes to like somebody like you know Fields as a quarterback, how he plays compared to what Simeon is. Uh, Dan Aguirre, how do you feel about uh, hiding the players as much as possible? I mean, I think in baseball, for instance, with like who's going to pitch, is it going to be a left-hander, is it going to be a right-hander, things like that you know, affect your entire lineup. And it's certainly much more important than I think it, it, in, in terms of the NFL. But if I can go old school, I remember watching uh, the NFL footage of a, uh, the Kellen Winslow game following the 1981 season and the Dolphins are hosting San Diego in a playoff game and the Chargers get out to a 24-0 lead and the Dolphins bench their quarterback, the late David Woodley, and they put in Don Strock, who leads this comeback. Eventually Miami's up 38-31, but they're going to lose 41-38 in, uh, in overtime. But I remember the NFL films footage of it. I'm playing contrary to my own opinion. The, uh, the Charger players are like, you know, we talked about Strock, but we prepared for Woodley. So when they put Strock in, his complete the difference in his their games, it was like it dumbfounded us. You know, like we were just we couldn't do anything to stop him, and it nearly uh, lost them a playoff game. But uh, so in in some situations, it does matter. But I think it's kind of uh, everyone just trying to copy Belichick in modern mm. times. Sure, sure. Now, does, can I? Does that beg the question then? Does it benefit the team to have a backup quarterback who is entirely different than the, the starting quarterback, like Simeon is to Fields? Because, you know, I've, I've been kind of preaching a little bit like the Bears need to draft a, a quarterback with a similar skill set, like in a late round that they can just develop as a backup quarterback that they can put in when Fields gets – if, if Fields is going to run the ball like he's running the ball like – for the, the next two or three or four years, you're going to damn well be sure he's not going to play all 17 games. So do you want to put in someone who has the same skill set or does it benefit the team to put someone in like Simeon, who is more of like a tree trunk that can just get the ball? I kind of honestly thought he would have 300 yards passing because I thought he would open up the passing game this week because of his ability to pass the ball better than Justin Fields at this point in his career. I was wrong, but that's a big question. question. Is, yeah, do you want someone that is a is a different skill set? I think it depends on the coach. Like last mm. season, when the bald fuck was here, and Dalton gets hurt, and it's time for Fields to come play, and and he in the game in Cleveland that Aldo and I were at, he's running the same offense as if Dalton's in there. You have right. to be able to uh, to key your offense. Yeah to fit your personnel. Like I always mention, Pat Riley, he wasn't running showtime with the, the Knicks the way he was at the Lakers. He didn't have the same personnel. So if you got a coach that's inept, such as Matt Nagy, then you, you can't, 
it'd be it would behoove you to have the same type of player. But if you have right. someone that that can think and can extrapolate things out and be a critical thinker, then yeah, you can have two different styles, in my opinion. I would value the quality of the backup quarterback a bit higher than what style he plays. If you've got a great quarterback as backup and he plays the same style, that's probably better than having a mediocre quarterback who's completely different. Chris, what do you think? I mean, I mean, I personally think that um, your backup quarterback should should have the similar traits to your start because it means you'd have to completely alter your whole offense and the whole offense that you've been running all year as well. Uh, I mean, I think uh, the Ravens did it with Lamar Jackson and uh, Griffin III because, you know, they're similar styles, you know what I mean? You know, a lot of running, you know, speed guys. So, I, I mean, I, it makes more sort of logical sense to get a backup who's similar in style. But like as Cliff said, there's no point in having a backup who's similar style if he's, you know, if he's a load of rubbish. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I personally, I'd try and get somebody who's similar to Fields so then you'd have to, you know, change your all offenses for one guy. Mm-hmm. Good point. Inter- interesting thought, yeah. All right, right now, what's up uh, next? Okay, here, to finish up number one, uh, I thought it was a bit funny when I heard that Nathan Peterman was going to be starting because I'm just picturing uh, Eberflus. All week he's been hiding that Justin – all right, he knows that Trevor Simeon has been practicing all week with the one. So right. he's, he's hiding the fact, and he's like, ha, 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 ha. And then and right before the game, what do you mean Nathan Peterman's going to play? <laughs> he probably was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So I, I was picturing his face at that moment. I know. So was I, actually. Like, yeah. oh, man, really? Why is I, he was supposed to be on the practice squad. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right I, moving I, on. Go ahead, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, Chris. No, but I felt exactly the same because we were still doing a tailgate show yesterday morning. <laughs> And like we first we found out that Justin Field wasn't starting, and then somebody said, "Oh no, he's starting." And then then it was Simeon, and then somebody said, "Oh no, he's he's injured himself in uh, in, in warmups." So it was Peterman, as soon as I heard Peterman, I thought, "We're fucked, we're fucked, <laughs> we're fucked." That's the end of the game. I might as well just watch something else. You know so what I mean? Nice. <laughs> I might as well go jerk news. off. Yeah, I'm off. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, Chris, I want to congratulate you on your Barfly Tailgate show yesterday as your one-year anniversary on the show. Oh, cheers, man. Cheers, yeah. Just, and the, worrying, the worrying thing is, though, that year's gone so quick. And, right? also the, and also the other worrying thing is that we're sort of talking about the same things we were talking about last season. <laughs> you know, So that, that'll be what was sort of like getting into my head yesterday morning, like, Hold on, didn't we talk about this fucking, sort of thing last year as well? Fucking Groundhog Day all over yeah, again. But I suppose that's what bet you know, being a Bears fan, that's what it's all yeah, about yeah. the moment. So yeah, yeah thank you very cool. much, guys. That were very, very kind words. It's kind of like what I said starting off the show. It's like I didn't expect this team to be three and nine when I started the podcast, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are the so, you are the optimist. I, I'm I'm trying to be man. So, but congratulations to you, Chris, on Cheers, your man. one year anniversary on the Barroom Network. That's awesome. Cheers, man. Right, speed up, last man. All right, I'm I'm to number two. Who's this white guy? Wait, me? <laughs> Who's this white guy? Yeah, I'm white. Everyone guy. on this. I'm almost. I, I, I know. Older than a, you, Chris. <laughs> I'm a white guy. Not that, it's not, it's <laughs> not I, all that clever uh, pun. I, I actually think I'm whiter than you, Chris. 
No, you can't be white with an, an English man. Where, where are the whitest people in the world? An English, for God's sake. Well, I'm actually Polish, so. Oh, well, you, yeah, you probably are whiter than me then. <laughs> I, I used to be super white, but I keep building more Florida brown and red. I could hear Kitty laughing in another room. It's funny. All right. All right. Anyways, uh, Mike White, uh, he had a terrible combine before he came into the league. You know, he was supposed to – he ended up getting drafted in the fifth round by Dallas in 2018. And he was supposed to go a lot higher than that. But his combine numbers were bottom of the charts for quarterback. So he comes in, and he throws 22 out of 28, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, his passes are accurate. Uh, he moves right down the field. The first drive uh, scores a TD, seven to nothing immediately. Yeah, painful. I gotta ask you a question. Other than I don't have the stats in front of me, it's not rhetorical. I know Watts got a sack on him at one point, but other than that, did he hit the ground at all? I, I don't think so, Don. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't any of did. us could throw 22 of 28. If we're not, if there's no threat of being sacked or hit, you know, that's on the Bears' defense more so than on that kid's alleged greatness. I believe I saw someone in chat earlier. It was on the Greg Gabriel show that the Bears have fourteen sacks. I think. What surprise, but thirteen. Like that's that's if that's true. I don't know what the number is because I haven't looked it up. But that's fucking pathetic. If that's true. 90. 99 has been an immense disappointment. Yes. Yeah. I thought 99 hey. would take over a little bit, you know. Yeah, me too. A leader. Yeah. They have nobody right now who can consistently get to the quarterback. I mean, nobody, none of them. So, no. all right. Nothing. Well, that's, that's, that's sad enough. So, all right, let's move on <laughs> to why haven't the bears been playing Darrington Evans? Yeah. He, looked like he had some speed yesterday, didn't yeah. he? Mm -hmm. I wondered that right out of the gate when uh, Herbert was injured. Why didn't they put Evans in right from the get-go and give him the same amount of carries? And when the kid got had the ball in the game, I'm sorry, I'm kind of I feel like I'm talking out of turn. But when the kid had the ball in the game, he was electric. Mm. He, he's got some moves. He's 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 got some shiftiness to him. He could, he's he a lot could better than Ebner. Yeah, a hundred percent better than Ebner. Yeah. I must admit, though, I was sort of thinking, who the hell's this guy? Where's he come from? <laughs> when he first got on the pitch, Evans, who's he? But yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was a lot, he was a lot better than the than the rookie. I mean, I don't know if because the rookie, they don't really, they, they only sort of see to give him a couple of snaps and take him off. Maybe he just needs a little, you know, a few more sort of consistent, like a whole series to get him. But yeah, Evans were a nice surprise yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm not sold on Ebner. I think I'm Ebner not. He looks like for someone that had four two speed in the you know four two nine speed in the combine, the kid does not look it at all. Like when you when you put the ball in his hands, he's running four five. It looks like it's I don't know where that four three four two nine number came from in at the combine, and he just doesn't seem. I, mean, I know he's a rookie, and you know like uh, Marv Levy said to Greg Gabriel, let rookies be rookies, mm. and you know. Let them be rookies, of course, but at some point, like you, you have to kind of. It's kind of like uh, he just looks big and slow to me. I don't know if I'm. Maybe you guys see something different. He well, looks nothing like he did in college. That's for mm -hmm. sure. Or the preseason. Mm -hmm. 
And if I could just skip one second to another player, our third round pick, Mr. Jones, continues to just look horrible. I don't know if you saw that end around yesterday where he, he nearly fumbled again. <laughs> God, oh, man. I know. If he looks I, like he's going to be a bust. I mean, like one of the worst picks in the history of the team. What, what, Dad, when, when he actually did that, when he nearly fumbled it, I thought of you straight away. I don't know why, but I just, <laughs> I just pictured Dan, Dan Aguirre going, fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I just probably just went, oh, just yeah, grimaced. Yeah, that's what I just imagined. He sat over watching it going, Oh God! God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I almost put that play in the cliff notes, so I'm happy that you brought it up because that that was ridiculous. It seems like every time he touches the ball, his hands take a while before he can get control of it. And jazz, like, jazz hands. I think it was Aldo that pointed out that today's <laughs> players, the gloves that they have, uh-huh. are kind of like the old stickum that, like you know, the Raiders mm-hmm. use with Boletnikov and Cliff Branch. It's, it's it's almost hard to drop passes with those gloves. They'll almost catch anything. He was saying that they, uh, it was like Adam Schefter or somebody did like a piece where they had the gloves on and the jugs machine was throwing the ball out. And even like someone like that was catching all the passes because of the help with those gloves. But yet someone like Valus Jones or uh, EQ St. Brown, you know, dropping passes with the gloves on or can't even hold on to the handoff in the case no. of Valus Jones. Bayless, you know, you Bayless saw, whatever. You saw him fumble that. You're like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? We lost two games because of him. Two fucking games, guys. Yep. We could be in the yeah. playoff hunt if it wasn't for him muffing those fucking punts. And Smith Moore said. You can count on one hand the plays that we lost a game on that we would have five more wins, guys. Five now, more fucking wins. The Bears have had a couple of decent punt returners over the past few years, you know, they, they had uh, Carterell, Carterell, uh who's the guy last year? One of their receivers was N- doing Nakeem it. Nakeem Grant. Hey, thanks. Yes, thank you. Nakeem, Gr- so, Nakeem, Nakeem Grant. He was awesome. They should have they held on to him. So when they get a punt returner, why do they keep getting rid of him? That makes no sense to me. And they traded a sixth-round pick to get Jakeem Grant, but I guess it, it's Ryan Poles' arrogance to say, well, oh, I didn't sign him. He's not my guy. I think like, I, I mean, I'm so tired of hearing that, like, well, Justin Fields isn't – he didn't draft him. I mean, it's oh, just I like – imagine, yeah. like, if the Bulls, like, Doug Collins would have come in and been like, well, I wasn't here when Jordan was drafted. Maybe we can <laughs> trade this fucking guy. It's just like, come on. So you weren't here. That's, like, fucking irrelevant. Notice the talent you have. I, yeah, I wanted not... to... Go ahead. Sorry, Chris. mate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, Dan. That that is one thing. What phrase? What really irritates me? Oh, you know, like before the season, people go, "Oh, well, Paul's didn't didn't you know he didn't draft uh, Fields, so they might not be all in on him." And the thing is, when you take a job like a GM, he would have looked at job going, "Well, no, Fields is like our you know main prospect on offense. You know, he's still a, he's still a, a commodity, a high up commodity in the league." So I hate all that bullshit about oh well, you know that coach. You know, that GM didn't draft him and all that. It's bullshit, man. Absolute bullshit. That, that, <laughs> that kind of leads me into a question that I wanted to present today on the show. And, and I, I, I listen, I love Justin Fields with all of my heart. Almost as much as I love my wife. He's the first wow. quarterback in my in my life that we drafted that actually has some fucking potential that I've been like, 
just, you know, I started the podcast basically because of him. She's been pushing me for years to do it, but Justin Fields got me to finally do it. And, you know, like, like that love is, you know, is it possible that we're in this position now? I'm just being playing devil's advocate, just so you know how much I love Justin Fields. I'm playing devil's advocate. Don't hang me over here. Don't like <laughs> light my hair on fire. Is it possible that they could either A, draft Bryce Young because he's a better passer and trade Justin Fields for a boatload of picks while he's hot? Or if they end up with the second pick, let's just say, I'm just playing devil's advocate, they would trade that pick and get a boatload of picks. Is it possible, and I'm not saying I want them to do it, but is it possible that they might view like a Bryce Young as a better pocket passer? Because I'm going to say this, the kid throws a beautiful pass. That ball flicks off of his wrist very, um, not to say it, his name, but very, you know, someone up north in Green Bay, like he has that flick off of the off of his wrist that just puts that perfect spin on the ball. He, he's really accurate. Is it possible? Again, don't hate me. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> I, I don't agree with it. Just is it possible that they might be thinking, let's trade fields for a boatload of picks. We'll draft Bryce Young if we have the second pick or if you have the Got that would be pick. such a risky move to do. But Ryan like Poles that. would be like, "He's my guy, though. I drafted right. him. I'm here now." That yeah, I'm pretty down on Poles, so uh, I I could see him doing that just out of sheer arrogance. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> I, my gonna... jaw, my jaw would drop. Mine would too, but I couldn't disagree, Chris. I'd, I'd be astonished if it happened. I'd be completely pissed off if it happened because to me, we just need to get a bit of consistency because, you know, we're going to have such an, an influx of new players next year, hopefully, and quality players. But can we just have a little bit of consistency at one part, you know, one position on the field, please? Because the last then, thing we want to do is start over a quarterback, right? Because that's the guy yeah. running the whole fucking team. So and we need, and The thing is, we've got so many holes in the team. But we need, we need to use these draft picks on, on, on everything, you know, every, you know, D-line, linebacker, wide receiver, whatever. Uh, and I just think it would be a ridiculous move, and uh, I'd, be, I'd be very pissed if, if that happened, to be honest with you. I think that three of the four of us agree that, 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 that that's probably not going to happen. But, Dan, you think it's possible. So I think it's look. possible just because sure. I'm a Bears fan and I always I find, myself possible dis- too, but yeah. Yeah, I find myself disgruntled all the time, it seems. <laughs> so do I want it to happen? Fucking no. But is it something they probably would salivate over just so they can say this is our guy? Then, unfortunately, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. I all right, go ahead. Sure. I'm thinking that uh, moving the players around like the Bears have been doing, which seems insane on the on the point of it. I think they are definitely trying to grade these players based on next year and who they're actually going to keep on the team, because that's the only thing I see that adds a little bit of logic to moving players around so much, especially on the offensive line. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. On to on to the next one. Uh, why haven't the Bears been targeting Claypool, uh, number four? Uh, 
this game, they did target him some, and he looked decent when they're doing it, but the past couple of games, they've hardly been throwing to him. I don't understand the reasoning. Did he need this long to learn uh, the, the game scheme? Uh, I'm going to say that, well, the first game that we saw him playing was the one that we were at, Dan, the Dolphins right. game. He had like seven targets in that game. Then he had like two the next three weeks. Right. And I don't, I didn't see how many targets he had yesterday, but um, I would think that he's probably right on pace with his targets for where he's at, you know, being on the team for only three weeks. I, I'm really, next year is the, is the year to look for Claypool. If he can do anything positive this year, that would be a positive. But I mean, for him to just come in with, you know, in the ha- in the middle of the season and try to make a big difference is, I think it's asking a lot. So next year, I think we can look forward to Claypool. Whether he's a number one or not is the question, I think. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I agree with you boys, really. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's only been here three weeks. He's not probably not going to know the full play, but... Uh, by by this time, uh, but I'm quite surprised that you know a couple of games that you know he, he only got like you said he only got targeted twice. But I mean that could be down to so many factors. What you know of, you know in the game, why the Apple like Fields might not be seeing him or he might not even be getting open. Uh, but I think like you said, uh, Shorty, I think uh, next year really. Uh, yet again, we have to wait next year to see to see what what he can do properly. Mm-hmm. My fear is is if they keep running, there's only five games left. If they keep running fields like they're running him and the, 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 the passing game doesn't become more developed in this next five games, that we're going to exit the season with all the fans up in arms about whether or not he's a fucking passing quarterback, if he's a pocket quarterback or not. And then the narrative will be nationally that he's an excellent running quarterback, but he's not a pocket quarterback. And, I want to see more out of, and, and, and I know it's, you know, I was preaching in the beginning of the year, the running game builds the passing game for this, you know, basically a rookie in the offense quarterback. And now we're getting this far into the season and we've been starting to see the development of that. His pocket presence has been getting better. He's been one, two, three, getting rid of the ball, one, two, three, four, five, getting rid of the ball more. But I want to see that more in the last five games, because if we don't, not me personally, but I feel the national narrative will be that Justin Fields is just a Lamar Jackson. And mm-hmm. Justin Fields to me is Lamar Jackson with Joe Montana. They just need to do this and get it worked out because he has the accuracy of a Joe Montana and he has the running capability of a Lamar Jackson. And if you can just put those two together and merge them, you're going to have one hell of a fucking quarterback and fight and two years you know i hate to criticize fields because he's my guy but the one thing he really needs to improve on to deserve a comparison to 16 mr montana because i still have visions of montana to rice in the 88 championship Mm. game maybe it was a bad analogy yeah i'm just saying like (laughs) fields has to to learn how or not learn how but at least get better at connecting with receivers when they're wide open deep it feels like the deep throw he always misses. He overthrows them, underthrows them. I love the guy. I, I don't want him moved. I think another offseason in the offense, year two in the same offense, he's only going to get better. But right now, that's my harshest criticism. I guess if I it, it, maybe he looks to run too much, I don't think that's fair. But if I'm just trying to, you know, 
you go with some vomit up some of the same shit other people are saying. He's not looking at his third and fourth receivers. He's ready to run. But other than that, he misses the deep ball. Mm. He's got enough strength to hit the deep ball. He just mm. isn't accurate. And like they, they, I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. So sorry, sorry, mate. I mean, I mean, the thing is, sir, he sort of proved that he is a pocket. Well, he is a pocket passer when we played against the Falcons right near the end. You know. When, 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 no, there was that one player when he ran about, ran about for like ten seconds, and he like directing, directing the receivers where to go, and he did that more than just once on that drive as well. So to me, that showed that he, you know he wants, he don't want to run first, he does want to pass. Um, and like like Dan said, you know he's been in like what three different uh, offensive schemes every year: college, Nagy the ball fuck, and then and then the scheme running now. <laughs> so at least give the guy. You know, another cool. season, and also as well at the start of the year. Sorry, I'm, I'm babbling out, but like, oh no, uh, you're making good points. No, no, you no, no, you said the name. I'm not even gonna get but into like, that. But That's, like, uh, also as well, earlier, earlier, <laughs> yeah, wow. you, you just you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta say, I gotta say, I think Justin has a way to go before I'm gonna put him on the same page as Joe Montana. But I like um, what Leo, I like what Leo Factor says here. He, Fields was never a running quarterback in college. He just has to trust his O line, and he will going into the he will get going into the passing game. You're right. Well, there. I could make a comparison with Fields though that I think is not to step on you, Cliff. That I think is better than Montana. No offense, Dan. Uh, I think the play that Chris referenced in in whatever the Georgia Dome's called the, their new stadium. The Falcon Stadium, whatever that's called, that, that play where he have eluded like ten people and and completed the pass down the sideline. There was a play in the Rams Titans Super Bowl, if you recall, Super Bowl thirty four, where Steve McNair dodged like six different Rams and completed a pass down the field where they it led to that. The, ooh, we got stopped at the half yard line at the end of the game, but Steve McNair to me is the fair comparison to Justin Fields because McNair when he was young. Would run run just like Fields could, but as he got older, not because he lost his speed, he become more of a dynamic passer and was capable of winning like an MVP. And again, McNair was murdered, and I, I hate all that, but I'm just saying. But to me, that's who he could be: is Steve McNair, rocking arm, and can run your ass over, and can be the total package. I feel like that's who he's going to be. And I don't mean that because of a racial component or anything, but to me, Montana, although Montana, when he was young, ran a lot. So I just still, I see fields as being a big, thick kind of Steve McNair, Dante Culpepper kind of guy that'll run your ass over, but also throw the ball. Now, besides getting a a trust in his offensive line, give him a receiver like Olavi was for him in college. He depended on Olavi a lot. So, you know, give him a, a WR1. And then maybe he'll be more comfortable in there, knowing he's got a guy that's going to be open almost every play. Yeah, get him like another year in developing this offense with Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, and let's see what happens when we have like a you know that combination plus someone that we draft. I think that Comet he seems to have a lot of chemistry with Comet now. Mm-hmm. It's building for sure. And like like Lamar, uh, he's getting better. You know, Lamar was strictly a running quarterback when he first started out his passes were terrible and if you watch him this season he's better than he has been you know lamar definitely has developed so there's hope for fields too sure 
Fields could also be a comparison to a guy I didn't like at all, but still won an MVP in in, in Cam Newton. Ooh. A big guy can run you over and throw the ball. So, but Fields throws a much better ball than Cam Newton did. That's for well, sure. I I think so, but I'm just saying. But you can't take anything away from Cam. He won an right. MVP and took a team to the Super Bowl. Ooh. Even though I don't I don't like him, I didn't right. like him as a player, but. He, he I, you can't take that away from him. Hundred percent, no. You're right. What's right, up next? The, Let's... Moving on. Uh, number five, fumble, fumble, fumble. And one of the funniest plays of this game. Uh, the Jets long snapper drops the ball. Oh, he yeah. picks it up. And he doesn't know what to do, and there's guys rushing in on him, so he sort of throws it away. Yeah, I don't want this ball. Take it. <laughs> Joe Thomas grabs it. He picks it up, he starts to move, and he fumbles the ball. <laughs> so what, what's going to happen here? Who's going to end up with the ball? And then Jalen Jones picks it up, he starts running, and he fumbles the ball. And Just it's like Rashawn Salam. He, he fumbled it like Rashawn Salam in that Tampa Bay game, right, Dan? <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, it, it, it was hilarious. It's like a Keystone Cops type of it thing. It was funny, yeah. So, anyways, the, the Bears end up with the ball. Phew. All right. Now, Simeon's no- – I didn't, I didn't spell check you on this, by the way, Cliff. Sorry. So, Ferret Wilson to the house. No, it's a, I've, I've got it uh, here. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, wait a second. Here. We really have to spell check you. Garrett, Garrett Wilson to the house. I just copied and pasted that, buddy. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I, on my note notes. I don't have it that way. Must have been a bigger slip. All right, that's two. That's two. I'm done. I'm done here. I'm done here. Here, just read them yourself. Maybe Wilson's. Wilson's. Oh, I tried so hard with my cliff notes, you asshole, and you just ruined it for me. Maybe Wilson's spirit animal is a ferret. He's long and thin like him, so maybe. Nicknames get started. Hey, he's ferret Wilson. <laughs> Well, that's that's quite funny about ferrets because where I come from, the north of England, back in the day, like like fifty years ago, you know, everybody used to have ferrets. So, yeah. <laughs> it bizarrely, I don't. My dad used to have one. I don't know why. So, uh, <laughs> like the cat of the neighbourhood. <laughs> yeah. So, like you know, these have ferrets and pigeons. That's what we had in <laughs> north of England. You know what I mean? That's all we could afford, lad. <laughs> we couldn't afford cats. We had to get ferrets. Couldn't afford a cat, mate. I had to get a ferret. <laughs> ferrets are very friendly. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. So ferrets listen <laughs> to the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. For those of us who don't know the guy, it's Garrett Wilson to the house. <laughs> he takes a beautiful intermediate pass by White and Wilson does the rest. You know, he's he's juking around players. Uh he was the number 10 pick in the 22 draft. Yeah. Now the Jets also got Brees Hall in the same draft. So that's a damn nice draft. I can see why the Jets are. And Sauce Gardner. Yes, yes. I can see why they are the improved team that they yeah. were. Now, the yeah. bad thing bad thing about that Garrett Wilson uh, touchdown is that Eddie Jackson went down on the play. And yeah. he's, he's still day-to-day. So uh, you guys hear anything new on Eddie Jackson? Aldo told me last night that he heard a report that he was going to be done for the season. Yeah, that's what I heard. It looked bad when you see a, a move like that that didn't have any contact, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Something was torn there. 
some kind of ligament or something, the way he just went down like that. And that think about it. Hit. He got hurt on a non-injury interception he had but, against Green Bay in 2018. Mm, Remember, he right. picked off Rodgers in the end zone and, and, and ran out of the end zone to about the 20 and just collapsed. Mm-hmm. Non, non-contact injury that he had in 2018, which he missed the Eagles playoff game over. Hydration, guys. Hydration. Yeah. Besides losing the game, the Bears are losing players recently. Yeah. That's that, this game was thing. terrible, wasn't it? I mean, they were one of the most injury, least injury prone teams going into this game. Mm. And then they ended up with, you know, five injuries out of this game. And now we're like, what the fuck's going on for the rest of the season? Because what we're looking at, Jackson, Mooney, uh, uh, Justin. Riley Reef and Larry Borum. So we're who's playing right tackle, by the way. Next game is they're going to put uh, leather, leather, Leatherwood uh, in there. Yeah. God, I would rather see Alex Leatherwood than Larry Borum. Yeah, I would. I've seen enough Larry Borum to last me the rest of my life. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep, he's definitely not a starting tackle. Yeah. So, okay, uh, continuing on. Sanborn is everywhere. Do you guys? Have you lost uh, missing Roquan? Do you still want Roquan back on the team? Or how has Sanborn uh, grown on you guys? What do you think, Chris? It's, it's grown on me a lot, mate. Uh, I like his nickname as well, the Jackhammer, which is oh. quite cool. Uh, Jackhammer Sanborn. Uh, I also saw him in an, in an interview as well this week, and he looks like a linebacker, like his nose is slightly being bent, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's got a slightly bust-up face. You know, he reminds me of like a linebacker from like the 1950s or 60s, how he looked. But yeah. no, I, I, it's just been a really nice, pleasant surprise, on it, really, with Sanborn? Because, you know, he wasn't drafted, um, and he seems to have really good instincts. I know, I know everybody goes on about his physical, or, you know, he's the fastest guy, but sometimes when you just got like a really good sense of the game, you, you know, that can, that can, you know, give you them abilities. So, yeah, it's been a really nice surprise with the kid. I agree. Uh, the football instincts of the kid are just off the charts. And that those are the things you can't measure when you're like scouting a player because you don't know the brain and the mindset of the player. And this kid just is a heat sinking missile. He's had what he's been, what I think he's second in the league in tackles since he's been starting. So that's pretty fucking good for me. No, I don't miss him. That's why I thought they were trading Roquan. Mm. Yeah. I, I just want to play devil's advocate. I want him to do well because he's a bear. But I remember five years ago, six years ago, when Matt Barkley looked good for three or four games and like maybe damn we're on to something with Matt Barkley. He looked damn good too, didn't he? And we're, we're, we weren't. We weren't on to something with Matt Barkley. So it's like, <laughs> all right, all right, Sam Bourne, keep showing us, man. Like, keep, keep making us. Wrong. Yeah, keep making us think, well, fuck, we have to replace him next season, right? No? Okay. Well, keep making us want you to be back. I mean, that's all I can say. I don't know if it's a fluke or not, but I hope it's not. To counter that point, Dan, sometimes when a player is good, it just means he's good. You know, he's not always going to drop off. Right. So let's hope hope you're right. is, is that type of player. I hope you're right. I do. He might not be a Hall of Famer or a Pro Bowler. Not that there's a Pro Bowler anymore, but uh, whatever they put that pool into next year or whatever. But he, he might just be one of those, you know, really serviceable middle linebackers for a while. That's, you know, 
uh, what's the guy from Miami? Zach the, Thomas? Yes. If you Ooh. look at Zach Thomas's numbers, they are comparable to Brian Rockers. Go look at him. I did. If you look at the numbers, that guy should be in the Hall of Fame. So he could he could end up being like one of those guys that just has a shitload of tackles, enough sacks and interceptions where you're like, wow, he was an awesome player, but you never really thought about him being in the Pro Bowl until you look at his stats one day. Might be. Yes, Sanborn fills the gaps too. Uh, they showed a replay on one of his plays where he fills the gap, so the running back attempts to go outside. Then he sheds the block and gets in on the guy. I, I was very impressed with that play. Yeah. You all watch college ball, right? See, I don't. So Are why we- wasn't Sanborn drafted then? I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I, I have no agenda when I say that. I literally don't know the answer. I don't either. The only thing that people say is speed. And actually, between the tackles, he looks pretty quick. Mm. Well, but I met on uh, Greg Grabeel's show today. He, he was saying that he actually had a, a faster 40 time than uh, Lance Briggs. And we all know how good Lance Briggs turned out. So... Yeah, and Rant, Lance was a third-round pick. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Why was Sanborn not drafted then, I wonder? that's That gives me caution, you know, because there's – for every Tom Brady that's drafted in the sixth round, like that's that's an outlier, and then you're talking about a guy that's completely undrafted. I mean, the odds of an uh, a completely non-drafted player becoming Brian Urlacher or Zach Thomas or something it just seems really far fetched. I, I hope it, it continues, but there's a reason the guy wasn't drafted. I just don't know it. No, I don't. Oh. Maybe he fell through the cracks and Poles was the only one that saw the talent there. Let, let's hope, because that says something good about Poles, if that's the truth. Touche. He's, he's a hometown talent, so he wanted to play for the Bears. So they were well, either, either way, I'm happy to have him on the team. I am too. I want to see where he goes. I really do. All right, now one, one play I wanted to mention. Did you guys see Zerline? when he uh, had a 57-yard field goal attempt. And it's raining pretty hard at that point. And he just comes up there and he kicks the ball like 63, 64 yards right through the upright. He kicked it like 75 yards. It would have been good from 65, and they would have still had room to go. In the rain. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that because that was a damned impressive kick. Indeed. (laughs) I think... uh... I think he likes to call himself Legatron. I think that's yeah. his mm. own given nickname. So uh, he was lucky he made that kick with that, that nickname. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to take this moment between. So now that we're at uh, Cliff number, number eight. eight, I wanted to, in between the 16 Cliff Notes, I wanted to present a trivia question for everyone that we can think about until the end of the podcast for all the viewers. I want to know everyone in chat, everyone in comments. Put your answers in here. Here's a trivia question. And we're just going to ask the question. We're not going to give the answer. We're going to come back with the answer later. The Bears have more. And Dan, I'm trying to keep this centric to you so it's not too classic. The Bears have more home wins since moving to Soldier Field than they had in the 51 seasons at Wrigley Field. The Bears have more wins since moving 
to Soldier Field. Why well, no, they moved to Soldier Field in what 70, 71? 1971, they moved to Soldier Field. How many years did they play at Wrigley? 51. 51 seasons. So in 51, it's right there on the screen. 51 seasons at Wrigley Field. Do the Bears have more wins, more home wins in the current Soldier Field than they had in the 51 seasons at Wrigley Field? True or false? I'd have to say true just because there's more games. I mean, it used to be a 12-game schedule, a 14-game schedule, then a 16, and now a 17-game schedule, and more home games per season. So I'm going to say true, but I could be wrong. I don't know the answer to any of these questions I'm asking. I don't. I don't want to know. I want to guess with you guys. So I'll just let you the, think about that. The Do Bears. The Bears were a much better team during their mm -hmm. early years. I mean, yeah, they won I, championships. They won a lot of seasons. And even mm -hmm. if the seasons were shorter, they won a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's that's that would be the only reason I would guess that it would be false. My, my answer would be false. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking false as well. I just think just by the number of the seasons, really, and how good the Bears, like Cliff said, how good the Bears were when they first started off. All right. So J. Rock and, and is false. I'm writing J. Rock's answer down. And now all you guys that were just going to turn us off and leave the podcast, you'll never know unless you stay till the end. God damn it. <laughs> I like that, man. Come back to get this answer. All right, Katie, let's get back to Cliff Notes. All right, here we go. Uh, moving on to Simeon Sacked. All right, the first play of the second half. Uh, uh, the Jets blitz. They, they sack Simeon. Now, shortly after that, Simeon misses wide-open receiver on third down. The Bears punt. Uh, the Jets go three and out, and they punt down to the one, which is a really great punt, too. You know, where are these great kickers coming from? So, you know, it started to look bad right there. I mean, this whole second half, we could just say forget about it because there was hardly anything interesting to, to talk about. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what do you guys think about the Simeon sacks with uh, the offensive line failures? I'm going to go last. I'll let you go first, Dan, then you, Chris. <laughs> Disgust <laughs> is what I thought. Just mm. uh, as, I like Simeon as a backup. I do. But I, I guess I thought at the time, like, at least it's not Fields getting this. Chris? About the same way when Jason Campbell was getting hit in that game against San Francisco, I was like, at least it's not Cutler taking this beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my feelings are very much the same as yours, Dan. Um, I was just thinking, well, I'm glad I feels taking them shots when he's got a dodgy uh, shoulder. You know that 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 could have been a you know a massive horror show. But uh, yeah, the second half, man. I mean, I can't really remember anything outstanding. You know, about the second half on the Bears side at all. I think I've sort of wiped out my memory. Uh, so I just found it so fucking depressing. <laughs> I agree. I so agree. Looking ahead at Trenton Gill drops the ball. I don't even yeah. remember that. I don't, I don't remember. Really I, don't, shit. I don't think I paid attention to that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was so apathetic with the second yeah. half that it's, I, I'm mad at myself for not caring more. <laughs> I know. I'm watching it going. Wait a minute, I have to pay attention. There's other podcasts to do. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking, I just wish this shit would end. Yeah. Like I don't even want to watch it the rest of it. And I and I don't think that ever, but I did think that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind I, of I, brought me back to the 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 John Fox era. Reminding <laughs> me of '98, like I said, when Steve Stenstrom had to play the second half of the season in Wani's last season. Yeah. 
Oh, my I mean, God. I, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like that when we were doing the uh, the tailgate show yesterday morning, even before the game. I just couldn't get myself up for it because, of, you know, I was fields up playing and I just get going, you know, the, it's the Bears, mate, Sunday. It's one, it's one of your favourite days of the, of the week and, you know, it's something to get excited about. And I want to sort of like damn the same. By, by the time we got after it, second half, I like going, can this just fucking end? Can, can you say <laughs> I can fucking... That's where I was last Monday, guys. When we were doing the show last Monday, I was like, please end. <laughs> I was at the fucking game the previous day with like 12 other people, my wife included, oh, 15 people total, all sitting in the same area, making all these friends, all these Bears fans everywhere. I mean, you should have seen the fucking Bears fans. They were just overtaking the the tailgating parking lots, and there were just hordes of us coming into the stadium. Like, we're going to kick their fucking ass. And then we – just the fact that we lost that game, I was just I, – I was almost too stunned to even talk the following day. It was just like, uh, uh, how? How how do we fucking yeah. lose to Marcus Mariota? What the fuck? Yeah, but, Dad, you know that I think you're on a jinx anyway, mate. I think you should stop going to live games. Oh, fuck you, Chris. Here we go. <laughs> You're yeah. right. Now, now I'm one and two, right? You are, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, one and, like, I'm like one and six. I'm like one and six when the Bears are at the game. So, but you know, a good comparison with the way I, I felt in the second half would be like if you're watching a. I, I watched a lot of boxing in the '90s uh, when we had you know named like. Heavyweight doctors. champions that yeah. like it just felt like there were like five guys at any time that could carry the belt. And yeah, yeah, and that that yeah. era. But if your guy was down, like let's say your guy was down four or five rounds on points and he wasn't throwing any punches, and you're like, God, is he just gonna get knocked out? I don't want him to get hurt, but just throwing the towel, like it's just that's. I, I felt like to use a, a movie reference. I was watching Apollo fight Dolph Lundgren. You know, it's just like throwing the <laughs> towel before he dies. That's what I felt yesterday. I'm the one who's going to die if someone doesn't stop this. Now, now, even worse for me. All right, I had to work yesterday, so I didn't have time to watch the game at all yesterday. And then I knew I had to watch it today to get my cliff notes done. And I ended up having to work late today. So I get home and I have to watch the condensed version. And I know by that time that they're losing. They're going to lose 31 to 10. I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't even want to watch this game. That's the worst part is knowing beforehand, right? You're like, yes. You're trying all day to not know what the score is. And then somebody fucks up and tells you at the end. Like that happened to me. A buddy from, he's a Rams fan that lives in freaking Colorado. And there was a game, I was like, I got through the entire day. It was like 8 o'clock. I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready to sit down and watch the game. As soon as I turn it on, I pick up my phone. Bleep. I'm like, oh, it's my buddy from Colorado. Sorry about the loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's happened to me so many times, but thankfully not yesterday. I was able to sleep almost 11 hours uh, because I needed it. I had, anyway, that's a different story. But uh, I started watching the game about 8 p.m. my time. And so I got to watch it thoroughly without knowing that they had lost. Because if you didn't, like Cliff said, if you know they're lo they're losing and they're going to lose and you're watching this shit, <laughs> it's just like, Damn. oh, God, that's the worst feeling in the world. No shit. 
I, I was watching the uh, bar, the play bar at the bottom, and I'm like, oh, it's only one third of the way. Mm. <laughs> That's the worst, man. <laughs> and those Jets uniforms are not like, to my eyes, they are like, God, these are ugly uniforms. I didn't even want to see the fucking uniform. Like, I hated everything about this game, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I do not like those uniforms yesterday. They had they them went all, all black, though. didn't they? They used to be a green and white. Yeah, now they're, they're, they're super green. dark green. Yeah, yeah I, just, I thought they were ugly as fuck, man. Yeah. All right, here. On to uh, one good point. All right, the Bears get the ball on the one after that great punt. Monty takes the handoff and makes a, a really nice run for 14 yards. I mean, that was pleasant to see. Monty had a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll go three or four series without giving the ball, though. <laughs> it's like, is he running well? Well, let's let him chill for the next hour. Chris, uh, no, I, I, I agree. I, well, it was abs- sorry. I went, a, I went a bit brain dead. Then I apologize. Um, no, I mean, your turn yet. You what? Sorry, you're expecting me to talk before you. <laughs> I am going to clear what's going, going on now. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, Monty's one of my favorite plays. I mean, I played running back and ice. My running style was very similar to his. Uh, and we just we were desperately needed to get out get out of that position where we were on the field. So yeah, I mean it is annoying. I know I think he got about eighty yards rushing uh, yesterday, but it is annoying that they aren't consistent in using. So you know, once the, they should be using it more. If he's running well, keep doing it. If it keeps working, keep doing it. If I had to say there was one thing I noticed about Monty yesterday is did anybody notice this besides me but it seemed like he looked a little bit slower yesterday than normal like there was a screen play in the beginning of the game that he flicked it out to the left side and money caught it and he was maybe it wasn't a screen play but it was like a design pass to the running back and he caught it and he was just kind of running the sideline like like he was an offensive lineman it, it could have been like, the weather too and and the fuel mm, conditions yeah that yeah, maybe be. he's trying to not slip. Yeah, be, yeah, it is raining pretty hard. Plus, he maybe he didn't have on the right cleats. So you're on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, no, I think he's an excellent back that. who's very underutilized and very underappreciated. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. I agree. Okay. All right, moving on. Now, we talked about uh, Simeon Sack with number eight, but getting to number 10, Simeon Sack. Hey, this, this was a thing. Now, this is the one that Dan mentioned where Larry Borum, he mad, badly misses his block, and, and Simeon gets sacked on third down. And, you know, if there's any play that shows why Borum should be benched, that's the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're on about as well, Cliff. You're on about the play where, it, where he just went like that, and the guy just went right past him. And he didn't even see the guy to like practically hit the quarterback. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. I, I've had enough of him, man. Let's get rid of him. Did mm-hmm. Sam Mustafer's mother tweet like, "See, what's it's not my son." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you all saw that or not, but Sam Mustafer's mother is yeah. very active on Twitter about defending him. Yeah, wow. I, I see that. Yeah, no, I, I looked on that play. Borum, the defensive lineman, was lined up way on the right side of him, and he didn't even account for him on that play. He just kind of stuck in like he was going to go chip block first, you know, to help out Tevin Jenkins, and next thing you know right around him and he's like trying to backlash get around oh never mind too late yeah i think i think we're we're kind of starting to see that larry borum is not the answer at right tackle huh no definitely not yeah kitty uh, i think this is a great time for us to take a 
quick break to talk about this. Ellis Hall, since I came here, has been expanded twice. Both times after we were gone, by the way. So <laughs> we never we never got it. But I mean, it was tiny. Do, do you think that uh, Olin Krutz would politely ask you to leave the weight room because it was so crowded? <laughs> you, I told you what Olin would, I told you what Olin used to say to me. I know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> no, and, and that was at 5 o'clock when there's, you know, there's no players around. Gabriel, <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of my weight room. <laughs> oh, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got a commercial here. <laughs> I can't imagine that there's anybody in here in chat that hasn't seen Greg Gabriel and Dan Eldo on the Greg Gabriel show. But if you have not, <laughs> you're, you're missing missing out, man. <clears throat> Greg Gabriel and uh, Eldo's interviewing of him is just one of the best things on the Internet. So make sure you check that out. And lots, make sure you check lots, out Bears Country Podcast, too, because we have our own channel. Lots of great Bears info on both Absolutely. channels. Yes. So our, right there, after the Simeon sack, uh, the Bears punted. And then Mike White's moving the ball down the field again. He throws a, another nice touchdown pass to Elijah Moore. Now, the one thing I noticed on that play is he's making some kind of sideways move that I don't generally see quarterbacks doing. He's in the pocket, and then he's moving sideways to the uh, left. You know, sort of an almost backwards move, but he's not turning around for a rollout the way you usually see quarterbacks do. So his eyes are staying downfield. And I thought, wow, that's a nice move. If you're not going to fall over backwards, that works pretty well. Right. You're talking about White, right? I am, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he he, he impressed me that game. He played a really good game yesterday. The Jets, I can't can't talk shit about the Jets. They played a good game. They deserve to win it, (laughs) period. And we don't hate them. Yeah, they're not like on our radar for a team to hate, right? Yes. How often do we play them? Like once every five or ten years? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're always like, when you see the Jets on your schedule, like, ah, fuck, I can't even predict this game. So <laughs> like, oh, I got the Bears with... going five and nine, six and nine, seven and nine, eight and nine, nine and nine. And then, oh, the Jets. Uh, I don't know. Well, especially with the new Jets. It used to be it was easy to predict. Jets, yeah. Right, That's right. a win. Yeah. Saleh is doing a good job over there. Yeah, it's a good coach. Mm-hmm. All right, on to the uh, forgotten play. Trenton Gill drops the ball. By this time, I think everybody was pretty much zoned out, so nobody even noticed. He drops the ball. It bounces straight up back to him, and he kicks the ball. No problem. No harm, no foul. (laughs) If he would have had that – so let's go back to the – what was it? Uh, Dan, your memory. Are you comparing this to Sean Landetta? No, a couple of games ago when when, – he had it blocked. Was that the commander? Uh, oh, that was against uh, the Dolphins that we were at, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the Dolphins. Yeah. And when you, I thought you were talking about where Sean Landetta dropped the ball in the '85 playoff game for the Giants, but but anyway, no, go ahead. No, I was trying to say in that Dolphins game, when you watch the block, he like took the snap and he was just so slow to kick it. It's like, oh, no wonder why it got blocked. Yet in this game. He had enough time to drop it, have it bounce off the ground, pick it up, and still kick it. 
it seems like no matter what, it, it, the Bears always have a mediocre punter. It, they drafted Sauerbrunn from, from here in West Virginia in the second round. He was a bust. You had Pat O'Donnell for so many years. But it's like, you know, he was okay. He, every time we made the playoffs, it felt like, you know, or even before him, Brad Maynard had two different shanks in playoff games. Mm-hmm. You know, or it's just like, oh, we need a punt now against the Eagles. Oh, it's 14 yards. <laughs> you know, it's just like we always have these fucking average punters at best. Like, if we could get a dynamic punter at Soldier Field and get pin somebody down in the co- a coffin corner, it could be a tremendous asset. But we never have that. I don't know why. Well, that's that's another thing that we're missing here is that Trenton Gill is a rookie. Here's another rookie we're talking about that's starting for us from this polls regime, right? So you can't expect the world from him as a rookie. I think, you know, considering the play you're talking about, Cliff, the fact that he got that ball off without getting it blocked, I think says a, a lot. And he didn't have a terrible game punting. So maybe there's something to build on there. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, uh, so, sorry, ahead, Cliff. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, what, what needs you to with a punter that he takes three steps for he kicks the ball? What, not like a bit of. So I mean, I'm sure Greg Graby will mention that on one of the shows. So Wait, how many steps he takes? It's right. yeah, because because obviously that obviously that's going to slow slow you know slow him down when he's going to kick it. So right. yeah, I mean I thought he, I thought I thought he uh, played all right. I mean by 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 that time in the game, my head would have like <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd switched off, mate. I'd switched off. So I'm so glad mm-hmm. Cliff has done his Cliff notes because especially in the second half, I don't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, believe you me, the man, I, Cliff. I did not enjoy watching that second half, even with a it condensed horrible, version. horrible. <laughs> I want a punter. I want a punter like the guy the Rams have. A guy comes on the field look, looking like he just drunk s- six beers, and it's just like, oh, it's seventy three yards, and the Rams are. The, you thought they were deep in their own territory, but fuck, he just uncorked a seventy three yard punt. Like our guy. <laughs> Our guy's longest punt, regardless of who it is, it's always like, ah, 41 yards. What an excellent punt. Oh, 37 <laughs> yards. Yeah, great punt. You know, and it's just like other players have guys like yesterday, the kicker that can go 57 yards or a punt that can go 70. And we're like, oh, we have 49 uh, yards sometimes and on punts and field goals. Foster, Foster covers. I'm glad you got laid. That's I did awesome. get laid last night. How do you oh, know? I'm glad, I'm glad you got <laughs> laid too, Dan. I got laid after the game. I, I was kind of upset about the game where I think I was checked out and like kind of, I'm sure I wasn't any good is what I'm saying. Well, good hey, for getting laid. I got laid too. I to be there. I didn't want to be there. I'm still upset over the game. Dad, I got to go get laid. See you guys later. Dad, I could feel the vibrations over here in the UK. Two two dams going at the same time. The vibrations were too much. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't get laid after a Bears game, and you guys didn't. Come on, Cliff. Come on, Chris. My my wife was working. I've got nobody. I'd got no woman, so it'd have to be my right hand. Go get yourself a one of those, uh, uh, what are they called? Um, uh, I wouldn't know. Well, no, they're, uh, oh, they're oh, a flashlight. A flashlight. Thank you, Cliff. You must have oh. one. No, I don't, but I know what they are. I've got no idea what you're on about. Oh, are you talking about the flashlight? It's like a, it's like a flashlight. There's no, no way. 
Not There's no way a man should stick his dick in a flashlight. <laughs> you can buy like you can buy interchangeable like inners that fit different porn stars, Dan. Come on. What do you oh, want man, to do? I'll just if it, if it comes down to me having to do that, then I'll just I'll just stay single. You might not be get fucking laid. a fuck doll, right? No, yeah. I, I can't, it's a, my my fuck. I can't do that. I just can't. <laughs> nah. I mean, I mean, you know, us British, we can't talk about sex anyway. You know what I mean? It's in our psyche. We're not comfortable talking about sex. No sex, please. We're British. <laughs> what about Austin Powers? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He was a renegade. He was a renegade. He was a maverick. A wood off. And it was a six, and it was the sixties, man. You know what I mean? So uh, no, we don't talk about sex. Yeah. We don't talk about sex. We're British, mate. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Speaking of British today, the before mentioned Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, would have been sixty today. Wow! Wow! Hard to believe. That'd be an old bulldog. <laughs> Ko Sports Talk. This is too much for me. Sorry, Ko. We're get, we're getting back hey. into. Hey, Ko, we're doing everything we can to get through this game. <laughs> we're trying to have fun, man. It's another Bears uh, loss. Come on. The Bears Jets game was without question the worst of the season. Would you all agree? I'd say that on the New York Giants game. That New York Giants game made me feel like it did do yesterday. Maybe that really depressed me that game. So uh, I agree, I, but at least the Jets game, like or the Giants game, we were in it. We thought yeah, there's yeah, a chance yeah. we could win it yesterday. It was just like no fields, no defense, injuries, rain, three and thirty-five is a record at this point. Yeah. And it's just like, why are we here? Just let the season end. Anyway. I did not like the Packers game. Can the, can the draft pick be tomorrow, please? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I hope All right, here. here yeah, we well, keep... One last question before you get back to the cliff notes. Where you sure, mentioned the Packers. If for somehow we could upset them next week, I mean, we kind of deserve it, I think, at this point. Yeah. Not to beat my own dick here, but maybe that would give us something that, I mean, we started out two and one, and we're like three and nine now, right? Three oh, and God. ten. I don't know. <laughs> well, fucks, give us you. a Packers win. Yeah. Uh, I'm expecting it's going to be the Simeon Love game. Mm. So that's going to be exciting. Just broke my heart with that, Dan. We started off yeah. two and one, and now we're three and nine. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I actually thought for the first time before Fields got injured that this would be the you know our best chance to beat the Packers. Uh, yeah. You know, at Chicago because you know they've been playing terrible all year, and as soon as Fields went down with that injury, I thought we're not going to beat the fucking Packers, and I fucking hate the Packers, man. Uh, this the Packers, right? I had a mate, uh, a neighbour, and he, he started getting into football. He started getting into NFL, and he wanted to pick a team. So, so, so you know, you go, I was going for all the teams, and he went, oh, "I'm going to be a Green Bay Packers fan," and I was going, "Oh man, you can't be a Green Bay Packers fan. Do you know how much of a dickhead you are if you're a Green Bay Packers fan?" So anyway, he ended up as a Green Bay Packers fan. He moved out of his flat. Another guy moved in, and I had a chat to him, and I had like a Bears, some Bears gear on. And he went, "Oh, do you like the NFL?" And yeah, and I said, "Oh yeah, yeah." So do this sport. He went, "The Green Bay Packers," and I was like, oh. "Fuck off, fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> if we if this game this weekend is Trevor Simeon against Jordan Love, and we fucking lose, I'm just gonna beat my. Head I'm not gonna talk any shit about Jordan Love because I've already had 30 years of, you know, Rogers and Favre. So fuck, man. I'm not going to talk any shit. Like, I don't want this kid to to be anything. But I'm not gonna stir the pot and make him yeah, be good. Let's uh, not do that. Let's not do that. All right, here. On to, on to uh, number 12, Mike White, part two. Oh. Okay, all, all game, White's accurate. He's smart with his passes. 
Is Zach Wilson worried? We talked a little bit about that. Uh, now, Johnson breaks free for the TD. And the only important thing about this is that it's uh, 31-10 at this point. There's no more scoring. And Sanborn missed that tackle, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the ones he missed. All right. The fact that Mike White was having his name serenaded to him by the Jets fans ought to make Zach Wilson think, I'm not going to be here much longer. Yeah, I would think so. And then what? They're going to trade him for two first round draft or like a first round draft? No pick? one's going to give him two, two first round picks. He's going to be like uh, Josh Rosen, mm. probably on like three or four teams in the next two years. Mm-hmm. I could Mitchell, see that. Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah, exactly. Trubisky had a better attitude. That's He has that in his favor. And he has a good looking lady. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah he does. He can score, you see. That proves that he can actually score. For that lady, that's because I, I remember I remember seeing a photograph of when he got engaged. And I kept think I put like a little message on going, "Well, it shows Chubisky can actually score. Look at the woman." <laughs> quarterbacks always have some good-looking woman around. Oh yeah, you could you could be a 385-pound defensive tackle in the NFL and have a fucking perfect ten blonde hot wife. You know, I bet Steve Stenstrom didn't. <laughs> all the women would say this guy can't play fuck this guy <laughs> i bet she probably did though <laughs> yeah i don't know i that Kitty, guy i've never heard anybody Kitty, else talk about him after Kitty, me either. google steve strenstrom's wife <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give us it. give us a rating <laughs> hey, right, we're so actually we're... we're actually getting through these notes so we're doing well we still have smiles on our faces all right, the important thing about the next possession is the Bears go for it in their own territory. They're on about their 35, something like that. Uh, they go for it. They toss it out to Monty, and he runs behind two of the linemen and gets the first down. Now, that took guts, and by this time, nobody even cared. Mm-hmm. That might have been when I didn't see that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that play. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was beautiful. It's like it it's like uh, toss the ball to uh, Monty, and he runs, uh, you know, about oh. where the tackle would normally be. I and remember then, that uh, now. Yes, and then that's behind two play. linemen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good play. Yes. Yeah, I think I that's did. when I was trying to make sure I didn't have any belly button lint. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> That's how bad the game was yesterday. (laughs) This game has been so exciting, but now the game gets boring. So it gets even worse. Uh, Jets miss a 53-yard field goal. Yay! Both teams go back and forth with no more scoring. Yay! Yay. All right, now the Bears were moving the ball. If only the Jets could have scored 17 more points, it would have made the game more exciting. (laughs) Yes, they probably could have, too. Now, uh, the Bears were actually moving the ball towards the end of the game. So anybody that's left still needing to watch this game, they're moving the ball. Simeon throws an interception inside the five, and Jets run the clock out. Game is over. Thank God. Yes. Finally. Finally. You're like, Jesus Christ, now I can go mow the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> well, not mow the lawn in November, but, you know. 
maybe go shovel your lawn where you, you might live. But yeah, that was like the time of the day where you're like, finally, this is over. I can move on to yeah. like the next game or something to get my yeah. mind off this. Have you ever gone to like a doctor's office, uh, or, you know, whatever. And it just, it took like five hours while you were there, you know, just your whole day. And you're like, thank God I'm out of here. That's the way I felt when the game ended. Mm -hmm. You know, just you know, like, thank God. You know what Kitty did to me at the end of the game? She handed me the PlayStation controller. And she said, play that video game I like watching you play. And I was like, okay. So I played a video game for like six hours and she watched. She loves watching. <laughs> I, they're I like started movies. to. They're like movies now. I started to vacuum because I didn't want like, you know, the lady to see like my, my place like unvacuumed. And I think I had more fun vacuuming than I did watching the Bears. I was just—I mean, I, I mean, I was that depressed that I started doing my taxes for next year. That's how fucking depressed I was, man. Oh my god! I, I broke down and ordered a vacuum. I got a robo vacuum though, so I got—I'll give it to my wife for Christmas, which seems like a strange present. But she spends hours each week vacuuming and mopping, so now she's got hours. I'm giving her time. Does that sound good to you guys? The present you give to the, the present you give her is time. That's how yeah. you got to. That's how you got to sell it, Cliff. Wait, is that it's not a vacuum. It's time. It's time. Look at it that way. Wait, that's for this Christmas? Yes. Oh, she must not watch the podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. She, she, you know, she she has the Amazon account in her name, so I can't hide it from her. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, you can. You can like make little folders. Yeah. During that Bears loss at Philly in 2016, when we lost yeah, like 38 to three or whatever, and the Bears players were infamously out in the club the night before a 1 p.m. kick. The game was so bad in, uh, in the second quarter. I think Alshon's with the Eagles rubbing it in, you know. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go shave my balls. <laughs> hey, Kale's got a good point here. Uh, Pittsburgh's leading Indy 16-3. to We have a good chance to have a top five pick if Pittsburgh wins this game. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Yeah, Who would have thought the, the Rams Bears Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky, number two overall quarterback, North Carolina. <laughs> the one thing that pisses me off is that the Rams are going to end up with a, a high pick from – or no, I'm sorry, the, the Lions are going to end up with a high pick from the Rams for sucking this year when they shouldn't have sucked. You know what I mean? They made the Lions made that that uh, that trade, the Stafford trade, based on thinking that the Rams were not going to have. I mean, I'm sure they would have hoped that they would have had a high pick, but they couldn't have possibly assumed they were going to have a top five pick from no. the Rams in year two of that on the second pick of that trade. So now the fucking Lions all of a sudden kind of look scary because you 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 see two picks in the top ten for the Lions now again. You know, with as, as many first-round picks as the Lions have had, they should have won the Super Bowl by now. So they'll find a way to blow these picks, too. <laughs> Jacksonville, too. Jacksonville's had yeah. a, a, just a litany of first-round picks. And they got to the AFC title game that one year, and they're like, let's just blow it all up. Fuck it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Cliff, why don't we get to your 16 so we can remove your Cliff right. from the screen? All right, here we go. All right, the, real quick, the good and the bad. The good was uh, Montgomery and Evans, their run game. It wasn't terrible. It's a lot better than uh, putting Abner in there. Uh, Pringle, his catch is worth mentioning. Mm. He hangs on to that contested catch and gets clocked 
by a second uh, defender, and he hangs on to the ball. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, the Bears did move the ball at times. So, you know, it, they, they, they weren't – give them a, a C- minus instead of an A. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. I'll go. It's C- All right, minus. now the bad, 31 points scored against them. The defense, you cannot take away the best players on a defense and expect it to do well. They need mm-hmm. a lot of rebuilding on that. Uh, Simeon, all right, got to say, Mike White is much better than Trevor Simeon. Yeah. And then uh, the blocking was still nowhere close to where it should be. Mm-mm. So, all right, that's that's the end of uh, that game, hopefully forever. And, and your new Cliff Notes feature. My new Cliff Notes feature. All right, for the last few weeks of the season, I thought I would mention, you know, a couple of guys – uh, both in the draft and in free agency possibilities so that we can, you know, sort of look at them. What I like to do is go on YouTube, check these guys out, you know, check out their college stuff for the draft picks. And it makes me feel better when I see some college star that may end up on the Bears uh, next year. Mm-hmm. I think so, that all makes right. all of us feel better, right? Right, right. So I'll give you, I'll give you guys a few names. Now, you actually covered – the two names I had for the draft already. So, you know, you're on top of this stuff. <laughs> so, all right, the Bears currently have the number three pick in the draft. Now there's a bunch of teams that uh, are one game behind them but haven't had their buys yet. And unfortunately, the Bears have tougher strength to schedule than basically any of them. So there's no luck the Bears stay in at three. So they need to literally lose every game. Hmm. All right. Now, who could they get with a top five pick? Pick three. All right, you mentioned Will Anderson, uh, defensive end, outside linebacker from Alabama. Now, I'm not sure how he fits in with the Bears' uh, particular type of football, but he does have a lot of speed and athleticism off the edge, and he is going to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you, you could have a Richard Dent-type level player, you know, at starting on your uh, edge. Now I've been waiting my think? whole life to see that again. There you go. Now, what do you guys think is more important, edge or the alternative, Jalen Carter defensive tackle? I think I'm going to go, go last. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I think defensive tackle because uh, over the last sort of couple of games, oh, more than a couple of games, it seems like the the upper. The opponent's offense seem to destroy the middle of our defense all the time, either with slants or just running up the middle. So for me, I think it's uh, paramount to get a, a tackle, really. Dan, I if the comparison to Richard Dent has again, I'm salivating like a Saint Bernard hearing that. <laughs> like when I was a kid, you know, Richard Dent at any yeah. time could have two or three sacks in a game and. It felt like he always had minimum of 10 is, you know, 13, 14, 17 sacks. I mean, God, we haven't had consistent pressure like we had Robert Quinn last season. But beyond that, it's it, – it haven't had consistent pressure since Dent. And Dent's last year with the Bears, he had like a part of 1995 with us after he left and came back. So, I mean, it's been, you know, 30 years almost now. It's it's time to replace 95. So I'm going to go with somebody who can get some sacks. Give me that edge rusher. Julius Peppers is kind of someone that I that comes to mind for me that had a pretty good career for the Bears playing defensive wow. end. Wow, really? Yeah. What, what do you have, like 10 sacks? I mean, like he once? 
He was great in Green Bay. He was great in Carolina. I thought in Chicago, like with all that money, immense disappointment. That's what I thought. He had ten sacks. He got better more than twice. He got better when he left the Bears. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he sucked with the Bears. I hell, don't forget his last play with the Bears when Randall Cobb caught that sixty-some yard touchdown pass uh, on fourth down from Aaron Rodgers. Peppers was right in, right there, let him break contain. Mm-hmm. Like Peppers could have sacked him, but you know, that's well, not what he did in Chicago. What I was going to say about Will Anderson is I think he's more of like a, a Khalil Mack type player or a Von Miller type who is more of an outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. Yeah, he could play a defensive end in a 4-3 kind of like Mack did for the Raiders. But I think that if you're going to best utilize Wilson or a, a and Anderson. Will, Will Anderson's talents, I think that that would be at an outside linebacker position. So I think that if you if you're going apples to oranges in this case, literally, you know, I think you would take Jalen Carter with that. If you have a high enough draft pick where you can take that defensive tackle, I think that's a player that you need on this defensive line. Like imagine what we would have been able to do if they could just you know re-signed Akeem Hicks for this one season. How much better that would have made this defensive line look, you know? So if, if he was healthy. Yeah, I'm gonna right. say he's, he's injured. Isn't still it? is. He still is for Tampa. So, so okay, okay. Here, the other alternative, which we have also covered a little bit, is uh, to trade down. If we end up with a top three pick, you know, there is several quarterback needy teams that really want to grab one. Pick three is worth twenty two hundred points on the draft value chart, and that's corresponds to say a tenth pick and an eighteenth pick in the first round or something like a first, a second, plus one or two more picks, or two first, higher first, uh, this year and next year. So there is a lot of value if uh, you get a high pick and you do end up trading back a bit. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you can take an offensive lineman, too, with one of your other needs there on defense, if you have two picks in the first round, I mean. Mm-hmm. Taking a defensive tackle and a right tackle? Mm-hmm. Or a left. I think Jones is Braxton Jones is going to be. I mean, I didn't say he wasn't going to be, you know, a good player, but you Maybe know, I mean, he's better. been okay. But if you have like some fucking can't miss left tackle right yeah. there, then yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather so, get a left, I'd rather get a left tackle through free agency. To be honest with you, That's there you I'd go. Like. I'm good with that too. So, isn't this making you guys feel a little bit better to see no, what really, no. the type of players <laughs> we're going to be having coming into the Bears? No. It makes me feel bad. All right. All right. Go watch the YouTube videos. As soon as this show's over, you go watch those videos. I've been having a blast on this show with you guys. I mean, seriously, <laughs> this is we, we could have all been shitting in the dumps today, you know, but we're all having fun and we're looking forward to the future. And I think that that's, you know, all we can do. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say yeah. I was looking forward to the future. I'm having fun talking with you. But... <laughs> Done relocating this Honda. Dad, you sound a bit cynical, mate. You like me? <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no promises that we'll be here yeah. next season. You know, yeah. not to bring anybody down, but I try not to be too presumptuous. Again, that you don't know if they're going to get the right picks, or you know, I don't know. I, I I'll think about 2023 when we get there. Right now, mm. we still got. What what are we now? Three and nine. So we got five more fucking five games. games plus a bye week. What the, what in the hell is this my wife talking about right now? <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
right, here, here, I'll, ca I'll carry on. on. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I'll carry on with the second part of this, the free agents. Now, it's a little tougher with free agents because you never know who's going to be franchised or who's going to be re-signed. So these are players that may be there, maybe not. So take it with a grain of salt. All right, the first one, how would you guys like to see uh, Kansas City Chiefs left tackle Orlando Brown on the Bears? 26 years old, uh, three penalties and one sack allowed so far this season. He's probably going to end up the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, $24, 25000000 million a year. Would yeah, you, you're talking I, I, about uh, offensive tackles? Yeah. For, for left tackle? Left tackle. Braxton Jones is going to be a fucking good left tackle. Why would we want to replace him? We didn't even right tackle. Well, then we're just talking about the the you know some of the top guys that are going to be available. Hmm. You know, maybe Braxton could play right tackle. Maybe. Oh, left guard. Yeah, there you go. Oh, maybe. Slide him inside. Put 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 the guy from Kansas City on as left tackle because you know it's the most important part of the offensive line, really. And, if you know if we can stop it, stop people getting to Justin Fields, then uh, I'm all up for it, mate. I mean, and he's, and anything he's to improve the team, yeah. Anything to improve the team. Now the the price is a little bit steep. It's probably going to be, I would think, at least twenty five million a year. So that you know, that's a that's a lot to pay. But the Bears do have the money if they decided to mm. do it. Every time we get anyone from Kansas City, whether it's a a fucking coach. A backup quarterback, a line. No, John Tate. John Tate's the only person we've ever signed from Kansas City that ever did anything. I don't want anything to do with the Chiefs. Not their offensive scheme, not their players. No more Chiefs. No more front office Chiefs. No more coach Chiefs. Fuck the Chiefs. Ryan Poles is the last one, huh? Right. I mean, like I said, John Tate has been the only one from the Chiefs that's ever had any success with the Bears. Tate was awesome. You're right, Ravy. Come up. Tate, Tate was fucking good. That's for sure. He was a good. All right. So, so Dan's a no vote on Orlando Brown. Right, yeah, I'm a no especially vote for that money. Yeah, me either. All right. Here's, I here's see, an alternative. I want to see. I want to see less free agent spending and more draft picks, and then maybe like one big free agent, but save the rest of the money for you know your players in the future. You see, I'm, I'm well, completely, I, I, I'm completely the opposite around. Shorty, I, I want to, I want to get free agents rather than drafts. Cause at least you know what you're getting with a free agent, because you can see his history in the NFL. It's like, it's like Dan said, you can get, you can get a, a top, you know, a top ten pick of a draft, and it can be a bust. So I'd rather go through the free agents. I don't say go to an extent like the LA Rams did. But uh, yeah, I'd rather see him spend spend that money on free agents, and because uh, at least you feel like you got a bit more of a guarantee of the quality of the player. Well, here's two things about free agents, Chris. One is when they're in their final year of their contract, they play the best. They mm. always do, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. when they get that big contract from either a the team that that drafted them, or b the team that signs them in free agent away mm. in free agency away from the team that drafted them, and. A lot of the times you see when they, in, in both cases, when they hit that big contract, their play goes down just a little bit because mm. it's like they can breathe a little bit, you know. Oh, I got that big contract. Now I don't have to quite give it as much as I did to earn the contract. And I'm not well, saying let me that's play a bad thing. Get to that. The 06 Bears, 05, 06 Bears, the only lineman that we drafted 
offensive line was Olin Krutz, Fred Miller, John Tate, Roberto Garza, Ruben Brown, all free agents. Hmm. So, I mean, you can rebuild, you could rebuild your whole line just like the Bears did between 05 and 06. And suddenly you got a steady line that can go could go to the Super Bowl. That's a great point. You're right. In, so in maybe you can case, put the money into offensive lines. In this case, the Bears have so many needs and they're going to have so much money that it seems to me there's no doubt they're going to be spending money on free agents this season. We deserve it. <laughs> we deserve them to pay yeah, us back for all the fucking games, the loyalty, the jerseys. A bunch of mine were stolen recently. Don't want to talk about it. Uh, a lot of shit. I mean, all the stuff that we've bought and gone to games. I mean, come on, man. Put something back into the team, uh, especially after going through this season where they're paying, uh, you know, trading everybody away to try to get a better draft pick. Like next year, really go all in then. Yeah. I mean, that's how I like it. It's certain to seem like that's the way to go. And we're going to have a lot more to talk about with that in the next several shows. I, I can guarantee you that much. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'll try to keep doing this for, you know, the rest of the season so that we can get some kind of idea about the players that are out there. Here, I got one yeah. more. An, alter, an alternative free agent. Uh, you guys may like this one because we would steal him from Green Bay. And that's Elton Jenkins. Elton Jenkins. All right. He's Elton an offensive John? lineman. Elton Jenkins. <laughs> Jenkins. Elton John? Elton He's an offensive John? lineman. All right. All right. He's also 26. He tore his ACL last year. Now, since he's come back, three penalties and only two sacks allowed, and he can play any position on the offensive line. And he'd be a lot cheaper than Orlando Brown would. And we're still stinging from Lucas Patrick signing. But we would be stealing him from Green Bay. Just like we did Lucas Patrick. We can steal him to put him on our on our injured reserves. <laughs> injured reserves. I, don't, I don't think I don't think Green <laughs> Bay minded losing Packers. Lucas Patrick that much. I, I think they would mind losing Elton Jenkins. Yeah. So he's just another name to throw out there in free agency. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'll continue to do it. I'll pick, you know, one, two, three people each week, and then we can discuss a little bit about them. See, there you go. Uh, KO mm-hmm. notes. Okay. Yeah, that's, so, that's someone to think about for sure. We're going to see a combination of free agency and draft mm-hmm. because Poles, Eberflus, I guarantee they sit down there with their drinks in, in like some quiet, dark room somewhere. And they're talking to each other about 2023 and what they're gonna do. And I guarantee, and they've got uh uh oh shoot, what's the what's the uh assistant GM? What's his name? He's in there too. Uh, uh Cunningham. Yes, yes, they're all there and they're all talking. Have you guys seen that 70s show with the circle? Yes, you know, where they're all smoking the pot in the circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's all, what these all, guys are all sitting in the dark. That's like, what these yes. guys are doing, they're sitting in there and they're dreaming. Next? Yeah. If you're Ashton Kutcher, you got to pretend on that show to be a Packers fan, but you're really a Bears fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're st- if you're stupid, you have to wear the Packers helmet, which I think is funny. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I watched a game uh, last night in the middle of the night, the Bears at the Packers on Thursday night football in 1991, and the Bears won 10 to nothing, and the crowd hated the Green Bay offense. And was booing them, and I was just thinking, why couldn't we just keep them like this? 
I was yes. like, but they're they're one off season away from Brett Favre. <laughs> but it was fun to whip to shut them out at Lambeau. I can assure you, with Jim Harbaugh quarterback for us. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man! But I, I just hey, wish that we had the uh, we had the you know we had the when I first got into football, we dominated the Green Bay Packers in the eighties. You know, like you know Mike Dicta, you know that that eighty five season when we had Fridge and the Fridge caught his first touchdown pass and all right. that sort of thing. And, and you know, and I wish we had that again because that would have awesome. Fucking Off the Packers, top of my head, man. this could be wrong, but I think Ditka was 25 and 5 against Green Bay. I could believe that, Dan. Certainly. Uh, yeah, so like, that's a His wet goal, dream for me. His goal was to win the division. You know, every, and he wanted to win all those games. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that Tampa was uh, in the division at that yes. time, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's correct. Yes. So those those uh, games against division rivals, he's like, well, win did, all it, those and split the rest. It certainly helped when you had another team in your division to beat up every year, twice a year. You know, that was like two wins for everyone in the division that in that time frame. The Buccaneers fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you go back and watch some of those games. The Bears, even though they beat Tampa most of the time, there were a lot of close games in the Ditka era with Tampa Bay for some reason, especially in the, uh, the heat in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Hell, Tampa oh. swept us in 89. I'm telling you, when you go from the cold to that heat and humidity, it makes a big difference. It's it's like you're suffocating in the in the humidity, you know, when you're running. So I I could like anytime the Bears go to Tampa Bay or Miami, especially when it's cold, that's always kind of a worrisome game because it's it seems like that's a, a, a shock to the system. Yeah, and vice versa too, you know. But for for whatever reason, we seem to lose that Miami game when they come to Soldier Field. Well, Gruden won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. What is going on over here, Katie? You got my... Oh, did we lose Dan? Oh, we lost Dan for a second. There we go. He's back. I think my internet just bling, like flashed or something here. Oh. But uh, I was going to reference an old game, uh, but I forgot what I was going to say now that I lost my internet. What was <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Tampa. Oh, the 85 game? Uh, no, it's not Tampa. Oh, no, no. The thing I was going to say, that the one that hurts the most, because you're talking about beating your divisional opponents, when they lost that game to the Redskins in the playoffs after leading 14 nothing and such, and lost at Soldier Field, that Doug, Doug Williams beat us, Daryl Green had the – Walter's last game. Yeah. Yeah. If, if they win that game, San Francisco got upset by Minnesota the day before out there at Candlestick, San Francisco only lost one game the whole season. So the NFC Championship would have been Minnesota at Chicago. No doubt in my mind we beat the fucking Vikings mm. and go to the Super mm. Bowl again. So that's like so always just a huge fucking dagger of like what could have been, what should have been, you know? That one hurt. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels like it this did. entire season to me. There's five games we should have won this year that, you know, Three of them, four of them were off. Were uh, special teams gaffes, and one of them no was call just... against Miami cost us with that obvious PI that yeah. they apologized for. But oops, sorry. Yeah, I mean, if you if you could just uh, collect all these memories of all these what if games over the years, you'd be like, well, fuck, they could have won in 1997, and they could have won. You know, it's yeah, like... true. <laughs> like if you go back through the Wanstead era, especially like '98, you figure out oh, you look at the oh, four and twelve, they must have sucked. But most of those games were like two-point losses, three-point right. losses. 
I mean, occasionally they want to even get rolled by Green Bay, of course, like up there and lose 40 to three or some shit. But for the most part, his team's always played hard mm-hmm. and played for him. So they lost a lot of close games. Even in 97, when they started like, what was it, 0 and 7, where they beat the Dolphins? Uh, yeah, how they were in most of those games, except mm-hmm. the, the one in New England, they just, like I said, they got rolled. But yeah. I will uh, say that this. This game yesterday, it didn't look like the Bears gave up. They were still trying to play. I mean, they knew they lost, but they were trying to play at least at the end. I've watched some other teams where you could just see that they're standing around. You know, they, they've given up. But the Bears aren't – they don't look like that. So it does say a little bit about the coaches. Yeah, I mean, they got down to a good three, four, or five minutes left in the game when they finally were like, ah, this is – we can't win this, you know. Mm. But for the most part, they were giving it their all. So, guys, let's bring up this trivia question again. The Bears have more home wins since moving to Soldier Field than they had in the 51 seasons at at Wrigley Field. When was the trivia question asked? Like, what year is your book? What year is my book? Where the hell did I put the answer? Because... If it's been, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, sorry, Jack, guys, we don't have the answer. answer. I lost my book. If the question was formed in 2004, (laughs) then you know, it's I'm definitely going to go with a hard false. But if it was in 2021, then you know, it's something else. Yeah, oh, good point. Yeah, God, I lost my answer. Come on, Dad. Come on, Shorty. Sorry, well, out, you know, I, I had, I had, a, I had a big gaff trying to start the show, and then I. God damn it! Kitty, oh, well. where did he put his answer? I'll leave the answer in the comments. Yeah. You guys can go fuck yourself. You have to watch all the way to the end. You You're have making to make us a look bad, Shorty. <laughs> I, 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 I might be sitting on the book. I don't know where I put it. It's like, a, uh, I'll find it later. Oh yeah, that that's great. Promise, promise the whole chat. Yeah, it's like it's like an FM radio tease. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're gonna do this contest in a few songs. I don't know what the hell happened to the book. There was there was like a a fifteen minute period right before the show was starting where like everything was going wrong. My internet crashed. My computer wouldn't reboot correctly, and I couldn't get back into the the program here and. It was getting down to the wire, and somehow I got all pissed off, and I like put my my answer. I slammed it down somewhere. I'm like, God damn it! It's like I don't know. Where, well, speaking don't know where of pissed it. off and down to the wire, I've been holding this shit for two hours. I gotta go take a leak. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get out of here, Dan. Don't take your microphone. Yeah, don't take your mic. <laughs> I, I, I would think that the yeah, yeah, please don't. I would think that the answer to this definitely has to be false. It's golfing. You you would think they won more games. In the beginning, in Wrigley Field, with all the with all those winning years, I would have to imagine. You got you got to think as well, like in the seventies as well. The Bears were pretty poor as well, so uh, I, I, it's got to be false. It's got to be false. Hey, we've, yeah, we've the answer is false. We have a chat question here. Uh, Leo wants to get the Packers game prediction. Ooh, good point. Mm. I think the Packers are going to win this game because I yeah, actually I, think I the Bears don't mind losing. I I have to get to the injury report before I can answer that question. 
I'm, I'm going to say, Leo, like normally I would just stack it up as a loss. So I would say the Bears are going to lose. But if they're, if it's Fields against Rodgers, that most likely is probably a loss still. If it's Fields against Love, that's probably a win. If it's Love against fucking Simeon, I think that's probably a loss. So I think two out of the three, it's probably going to be a loss. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to lose. I just think all them injuries, what's happened over the last week, it's uh, especially on the defense, is completely fucked us. I mean, I, like I said before, I thought this was our best chance of beating the Packers in a long time, you know, until before Fields got injured, because they're, they're, you know, they've been terrible this year. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to win, and I hate saying that, I really do. I feel like I need to punch some straight away after saying that. I feel dirty. I know. <laughs> I hate predicting losses, especially against the Packers, but I just I have no confidence. Yeah. yeah. If there's any game I would not mind winning, even if it screws up our draft choice, it's this next one. Oh well, yeah. Even if we won totally. this game, it wouldn't it wouldn't mess up our draft choice with them. They'd still be behind us. Because they have the, they have more conference wins. We're like one and six in the conference, I think, or some shit. We're like the worst team in the conference. So we have, I think, I think, it, did you say the third pick earlier, Cliff? Because I think we have the second yeah, it's third, pick. It, it could be second, could be up to second right now. It's possible, but it's, it's not going to stay there. There's too many teams. Very some, some are going to, some of them are playing each other. So some of them are going to win. Some of them are going to lose. And unfortunately the bears somehow have a much tougher strength of schedule. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a killer, isn't it? The last sort of five games, you know, you got you got Philadelphia and the Bills in that in that five games, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I just don't see us winning another game this year. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We we got to play Detroit again. Have we got Detroit again? Or have we played them twice already? I can't remember. Oh, uh, no, we played good... Detroit uh, next to last game. Okay, yeah, I thought we game. did. So I mean, maybe Ooh. Detroit. Maybe the Vikings, because they might have, you know, they might be resting the whole squad. So, you know, we might get one, but I'm not really expecting another win now, which is uh, horrible. Well, yeah. besides Justin being down, you know, think of who's out right now. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, Gordon and Brisker play against the Packers. Yeah, we need yeah. both those guys. That's for sure. We need our defense at the top, the top of its strength. That's for sure. If we can get Fields back, obviously Mooney's gone. Jackson's uh, probably gone. The right At tackle position scares me. Uh, I don't know, man. This is it's gonna have to be a loss, Laz. I'm sorry. I don't have to. Twenty-one seventeen Packers. If I had to just guess right now, mm-hmm. we'll we'll wait till the till Wednesday when the injury report comes out just to finalize that. Oh, here I'll, we go. I'll go. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say if Rodgers plays, they're going to win. That's he'll throw for 350 yards on this secondary. Yeah. Uh, I hate saying that. I fucking hate saying it's every. It's abhorrent to everything in my mind and body to pick Green Bay, but I, I'm going to say, especially if Simeon's playing, and I like Trevor Simeon as the backup, but they'll win like 34-13. I was thinking thirty-one seventeen, so we're in we're in the same range. 
Yeah, I'll think yeah. of something similar. I'll have to have a think about it and, uh, and release my statement on the tailgate show on Sunday. So at least I've got a three or four days to, to try and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see who's playing. See who's playing, yeah. <laughs> now, do you guys think there's a chance that Rodgers, you know, he's got, he had the oblique injury, and he's also got the thumb problem, which I heard weeks ago that he was going to need surgery. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's a chance that he's just going to say, fuck it? And, uh, he's got a rib thing now too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he may just decide. Okay, no. I'm hurt. We're losing. His ego is such. He owns the Bears, and he's gonna want to come out and and show that again. There's no way he misses that game. His right. ego will not allow him to miss that game. He is a complete narcissist. I, I have to continue to own the Bears. There's no way I'm missing this game. You couldn't pull me out of it. Exactly. Plus, it's another win for him, and and. More and more than likely, and again, he gets to perpetuate that myth. So, yeah, he's not, he is not missing that game. No way. Damn, makes sense. Now I want to throw up. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> well, I feel the same way, but if for some reason they, they could upset him, then that's almost worth some of the agony we've endured. Uh, well, guys. This has been a fucking excellent show, considering how shitty of a last five-game winning streak, or losing streak, I should say, we've had. And I really appreciate everyone here in chat tonight and all of you guys just giving it your best tonight because this has been a this, – this could have been a tough show. But we held through. Good job. But that oh, shows bro. how good we are right? yeah. at, making, at making tough weeks happy shows. Yeah, Make yeah. sure you get out of the Barham Network and Bears Country Podcast and subscribe to both networks, both channels. Kitty has something. She is she tried to pull it up and it just Oh, this it, is the doll thing, right? <laughs> okay. So I, I, this is actually a, this, a public this service my, announcement. This, this is my this is my producer taking the show away from me, okay? So everyone <laughs> in Bears fandom land, we're ending the show with this. And this is this is the producer, not me. Uh, in all fairness, you guys brought it up. Someone mentioned this in comment earlier, not in chat, but you gentlemen were discussing it. So I felt a kind of a public service announcement that I should share with you in regards to this. <laughs> no, my God, this is Steve Stenstrom's wife. <laughs> no. I, I looked it up. She's good looking. He's not. I don't. I think I had the right guy. He's. He's not. I don't know. I think I might have had the wrong guy when I pulled it up. He was His a terrible quarterback. Yeah, awful it, quarterback. I don't know. It, I, he may have the, had a great cook, but he was a terrible quarterback. <laughs> Is it the uh, is it the flashlight uh, sex toy? Oh, wish. Oh, it's close. No, it's, close. it's not. It's not. It's close. But you, you, Kitty, I, Kitty, you should probably explain it before you just. Oh no, fuck it. Just no, explain, I, explain there's no the, explanation. Ex, just ex, be weary of what you keep in your car, truck, the, or vehicle. Explain the premises of it. It's, it's that's, that's all you need to know. Uh, no. look, before you hit play, this is true, real quick 10 seconds. My uncle, when I was a kid, was arrested when he had a pocket pussy in his car. Oh, all jokes aside, <laughs> and the police took his pocket pussy. I swear on my mom's Whatever grave, that's true. God, it's probably passed down to rookies now. Like, here you go, Rook. Use since this. We're on, since we're on the Barroom Network, we might as well show this little video you want to pull up, Kitty. Yes. All right. I will I will leave and let you guys to it, Wait, and you will all stay on to just comment to explain, it. her friend works for a... Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> don't spoil it, Shorty. Okay, I, won't, I won't spoil it. We, we don't need to give like actual details. I acquired this video and just be careful what you keep in your vehicle because you never know when it's going to get towed and what they're going to find. True. Go ahead and play it. Fucking dude left his window open. He got some empty beer cans, cigarettes. Doors open. Let's see what the fuck he got. This nigga even got a uh, Amber Love Doll. It says fuck <laughs> friends. Yeah. This nigga, it says life size inflatable triple hole Amber Love Doll. Oh, Let's see what God. this nigga got in the truck. Oh, there it is. Fucking a life size fuck doll <laughs> in the fucking trunk. This nigga tweaking. He should get charged for murder for throwing this bitch in the trunk. It's like the Eminem video Ooh. for Stan. That has this world come to when people have to use love dolls? There's a bunch of fish in the sea. The lonely world, mate. Big girls, little girls, <laughs> ugly girls, cute girls. Jag off for all I care, but a fucking love doll. And then you got yeah, a love doll taking it all. A love doll with an asshole too, by the way. All I can do is shake my head. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Ain't nothing like real pussy, buddy. <laughs> I kind of want to just give you your car because I feel bad for you already. <laughs> that was it. I just wanted to share. <laughs> just be careful. Don't be leave kind. Your, and... your sex toys and your sex dolls in the truck of your car if it's getting towed. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it a little disturbing that he has the doll inflated in the trunk. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought it would be weird. Yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Reminded me of the Eminem video for Stan when he has Dido tied up in the back of his car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, should have kept to the. The absolutely most disturbing part about that video is if you looked at the fuck doll, like the vagina was just mutilated, <laughs> like it had been used and used and used. Yeah, but I, 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 you'd have to be careful though, on the seams, though, wouldn't you? If it's got like a bit of a chaffy sort of scene, that'd be terrible on the old penis. Let's, let's, let's just fast forward. Let's fast forward to right here. Look at look at this thing. That's, I mean, she's charged like, for murder. For, look look at that thing. She, this bitch in the trunk. She's got better boobs than my last girlfriend. I'll say that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, but her vagina looks like an Arby sandwich. Yeah, look yes. at that. It went out. It's <laughs> actually me. inside out. <laughs> We've got the meats. <laughs> Hot meats. Uh, Kitty, great way to end the show. Awesome. I, I just needed to share with you boys. I worry about you out there, so, you know, be careful. I will take that to heart. I promise you, I will never have a blown-up love doll in my trunk. Okay, good. Thank God. We reached one person. One I might, I might, I might have two in mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, I'm, I'm lonely and single, man. I need, I'll have one, a black one, and a white one as well. Yeah, okay. we, need to, we need to send Chris a couple more. Send what if like the a... guy? What if that guy had been bisexual and was yeah. also blowing a blow up doll? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a female. <laughs> Anything a good? Wait, even, even, 
Even better yet, it was a woman with a strap-on dildo that was fucking a, a blow-up doll in both holes. God, it created a, a, an absolute mess right now. You have? We blame you, Kitty. I'm so Join. sorry. I, so, I leave now. Join right. Beers Country Podcast next week when we give you more sex toys. And yeah. <laughs> Get the lube oh, out. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff will keep it in his house for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to go out to my car for a minute. <laughs> that would have been the love dungeon. <laughs> the love dungeon. Wow. Oh, man. Well, guys, uh, it's been a great show. This has been an unbelievable show considering all the losses. And uh, I appreciate every one of you for joining us tonight on the show and everyone in chat. And the Barham Network for allowing us to be on your on your show on your on your network on Monday nights. And uh, congr- yeah, again, all, congr- although you better watch this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and again, uh, Chris, congratulations to you for one year on the Barham Network. That's just awesome. Many more years to come for you, buddy. We love talking Certainly. to you, and you're welcome on Bears Country Podcast anytime. Yeah, it's been it's it's been absolutely brilliant, Dan, coming back on and, and chatting to you boys, man. It's I love it. It's like it's like you said, we were all so depressed at the start of the of the of the show, and now now I'm leaving. You know, when we finish, I'll go to bed with a nice smile on my face. <laughs> I mean, I'm not obviously that smiling about the sex dolls or anything like that. It's just about how much how much of a good time I've had with you boys. You know what I mean? Because I were in the right. Yes. I'm going to go to bed with a smile on my face tonight, guys. (laughs) I'm going to order the Amber doll. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, any time I can come on, Dan, just let us know because uh, I love chatting with you a lot. You're absolutely fucking brilliant, all of you. And Cliff with his notes, amazing. Dan Aguirre, man, the guy with the golden voice Dan, mm-hmm. we need we need to use your voice for an advert your voice is that mm-hmm. good you can well, sell you. you can sell sex toys and nuns that's how good you are <laughs> your voice is. Well, great having you too chris it's always fun talking with you we absolutely cheers, you, cheers cliff yeah. cheers cliff you're, appreciate you're it, mate. on the show anytime buddy for sure i love it man I'll, this is this is like Oh man, it's up there doing a tailgate show easily. I just, I just, I just, I think we've all just got like a really good chemistry together. And it's we always just have such a such a blast when we're on it. So uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the the invite, mate. It's been brilliant. Absolutely, man. We love talking with you, Chris. You're welcome on anytime. You just let us know, Dan Cliff. What can we say? Great show, everyone in chat. Love you guys. Thank you all so much for making this show what it is. And hopefully we'll be talking about a Bears win after this next Sunday. Until Join us then, next week for the next exciting Bears loss. Great. Sorry. <laughs> Join us for the, the exciting the Bears loss Monday next week when we go three and ten. <laughs> and we started two and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with that being said, we'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, guys, thank you all so much. Thank everyone in chat. We love you guys. We'll see you guys next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Ready? One, two, three. Bears!